does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. It's a great point. Do you want to wake up? Do you want to wake up to the news? Anthony Richardson looking like done for the season. We'll talk about it. Jim Ursay speaking with Stephen Holder yesterday. It's news. Uh, you know, I guess KB we figured was going to come down as we sit and wait for a final decision. But it's leaning towards Anthony Richardson done for the season. And, you know, we'll talk about it. It is the wake-up call. He's Kevin Bowen. I'm Andy Sweeney. Sam Fritz looking good today. Didn't have to stay up last night. His Phillies took care of business in the first couple innings, uh, so he's feeling good about things. We had a fun Monday night football game and a ton to talk about on this Tuesday morning in Indianapolis, as always, live from the drivehubler.com studio. KB, a good morning. Boy, tons to talk about. Some impending news here with Anthony Richardson. Good morning to you as well. Rick Carlisle going to join us at 8 o'clock. Pacers home preseason opener Last night was kind of going dual screens, and then all of a sudden, uh, I guess Jim Mersey, yeah, he cannot. <laughs> he can't help himself, help can himself he? Yeah. with that. By the way, I bent the knee to Bally's yesterday, too. Oh, yeah. welcome. Yeah, so I bent the knee fully to Bally's, so they have my nineteen ninety nine a month, at least at least for the next six months. Yeah, well, welcome. <laughs> uh, yes, I have, with Uverse, I already got Bally, but I've certainly had some frustrations with it in the past, although last night seemed to be a pretty smooth process. And then about 9 o'clock, as you said, Jim Irsay to Stephen Holder via the uh, NFL owners meetings in New York right now saying that uh, Anthony Richardson probably going to miss the rest of the season, could undergo shoulder surgery in the next week or so. Uh, Just to kind of set the scene here, uh, again, Irsay's quote to Stephen Holder, the most likelihood is he's probably going to be gone for the year. I mean, it's not definite, but he probably misses this year, and we're going to have to contend with that factor. There's debate going, but it's probably going to lead towards surgery in the next week or so. We're just trying to figure out exactly how and when and what we want to do and what Anthony wants to do. Um, Steven did add uh, that sources have insisted that active conversations with doctors across the country are ongoing. Um, And then later... Uh, Jim Irsay dialed up Mike Chappell, and, and Chappell threw out uh, the 5- to 10-day time frame via Irsay and when surgery would be likely. Um, I had to just kind of laugh at this Irsay quote. <laughs> I don't know if you saw this one to Mike Chappell, Andy. <laughs> With the AFC title game or something like that, could he possibly be back three months later? <laughs> that sounds like all the people that think Aaron Rodgers is going to a witch doctor to get his Achilles taken. Like Mike Greenberg thinks he's going to play. Better chance the Jets <laughs> or the Colts are in the AFC title game. Uh, I hate to say it, probably the probably the Jets just because their defense is that good. And I hate saying that. Oh, that disgusts uh, me to say, say that. Added and anything's possible. Cue the Kevin Garnett audio to the end. <laughs> Of that is that, is there. anything possible? Is so, that the way it is? Uh, again, Jim Ursay is saying that probably shoulder surgery is going to happen. I guess if you do, I know we obviously laugh at the AFC Championship, right? Comment, if you make a run, but I assume that indicates a timeline. 
And that would be what, a three-month timeline? So I guess if we're trying to sift through, okay, what does surgery mean? And we're going to play that Will Carroll clip when he joined us last week, just exactly what surgery would mean. Because it's not common to have surgery on a AC joint sprain. Um, but I guess we'd be looking at about three months with this. And it sounds like at this point, just waiting final word from the Richardson camp well, on it? Well, I think there, okay, so I think there's a number of things. I think it's extremely interesting. I want to get into this maybe more at 7.30 KB. Uh, just about how, I mean, the Colts are saying, hey, like like this, you know, Anthony Richardson, his his mind has to be made up on what he wants to do. I think you have mentioned over and over that in this area, and no doubt with Jim Ursay and company there with Indianapolis with the Colts, that there is Andrew Luck P- PSTD. What is it, PTSD? Is that what it is? <laughs> PTSD. Yeah, I, like, I mean, that was, that was brutal. I was like, what, where did you go no, with None that of those. None PTSD, of those. Sorry right? to look at you, Sam, when I may have said STD. I don't know what I'm doing here. Stone, all Stone, STDs or PSTDs. There, there you go. Um, that it's just kind of one of those things where the Colts have said, hey, you know, we're going to be careful here because of all of the Andrew Luck stuff and all of the blame that owners and all the blame that you can get as a team. And then we spoke last night. We just text back and forth. And I know this is not – It's it. listen, it's not even an opinion. It's not even a take. But we've been through, like, in the last week, has it not – we had Will Carroll on last Tuesday, right? And at that point – we still felt like seven days ago, did we not feel like, okay, he can rehab and he's out, you know, five games, six games, seven games. There's still more than a month at the end of the year. You can still evaluate Anthony Richardson. He can get over this. And then it became more doom and gloom with the S word, the surgery word uh, being used more and more. And here we are with Stephen Holder and then uh, Chaps having some more additional info last night. And I sit here and I look at Kevin Bowen, and the word bummer comes to mind. And it's not a revolutionary thing. And I feel like, you know, in this job, we have to play the hits. And unfortunately, the hits today, kind of us looking at each other saying, I can't believe a season that was geared all around the development of this young quarterback and this brand new rookie head coach and kind of this new feeling around the Colts is going to end with everyone trying to figure out how to win X amount of games with Gardner Minshew. So, I mean, listen, what did we learn? What did we not learn from Anthony Richardson? How can they win going forward with Minshew? All of these are things that we'll talk about here over the next three hours, but it comes down to the last, like, what would you say, the last four shows, I felt like, KB, we've looked at each other and just said, this stinks. And that's where I am today, even more so, as Jim Irsay, and God bless him, can't help himself, uh, and basically tells us, hey, you know, he's going to have surgery, and then, you know, five to ten days, if you're going to have it, go have it. Yeah, I struggle to be a wordsmith, and so bummer has been the frequent word that I've used. I apologize for that. I have looked up some synonyms, though. Okay. Um, Ooh. You know, again, for our visual learners out there, uh, picture yourself getting hit in the groin area. (laughs) I would say that would be the most obvious. Uh, How about downer? How about... Disaster? How about misfortune? How about drag? Any of those? Do you do you prefer? It is a drag. I that? like that. Um, could mean a couple I, things. I, like I don't even think disaster is that much of a hyperbole. Listen, um, you know, you could make the argument, Andy, that you would rather see some inconsistent play. Hundred percent. Ups and downs. Hundred you know, percent. Normal rookie flashes of yep. greatness, and then oh boy, that's a three interception game, and I should have started that defense in fantasy this week. Uh, you'd rather see that in 16 games of him than see 
you know, uh, 173 snaps. And just trying to put that into perspective, Andy, 173 offensive snaps for Anthony Richardson. I looked at last year's Colts uh, snap total. You had 39 players play more than 173 snaps for the football team last season. So if you strictly went off of what we talked about leading into the season, no one needs reps more on this football team than the quarterback. And if you're going to tell me back on September 5th that 39 guys will have more playing time than Anthony Richardson, I will have said that is awful. That is, again, a a downer, a drag, a misfortune, <laughs> a kick in the you-know-what, all of those things. Um and I think it hit on a little bit yesterday. It's kind of weird how the um, how the snaps even played out for Richardson, Andy, and that he will have only played like a quarter, maybe a quarter and a half on the road all season. When you look at it, as well, you so, learned almost you learned almost nothing. I was going to ask you, hey, what have we learned? I mean, you, I mean, it's an easy answer, almost nothing. I mean, he showed you glimpses. That's good, but, but the sample size I, is just th- th- so incredibly small. And again, those glimpses, you are encouraged. And I don't know, maybe that adds to the frustration, frankly, because well, you're like, it does for me. Man, it I does for more. me. And, right. and to me, there's kind of two ways to look at it with Richardson. One was his overall development. You know, that was the word, you know, probably most popular used throughout. Okay, this is why you play him early, develop, 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 all about year one. I would say also, it's, and I don't know, it's kind of just even a weird phrase for me to even say, but it's almost training some like virgin eyes, if you will. Ooh, okay. Uh, maybe that's too uh, okay. sensual at 709 I, I, in the morning I, I, like, I like where we're going. Odd, yeah. Tuesday, guys. Odd places at 709. I like this. Okay. I don't know. You know, Virgin maybe, eyes. Like, it, the other word I was thinking was just exposing him, but exposing him as a negative connotation. <laughs> but does that make sense? Like, just literally him seeing what NFL life is like. And oh, that him, means him playing quarterback because he hasn't played that much at this level. And, and again, College, play, NFL, anything. Andy, playing quarterback is not just the 60 minutes on Sunday. It is a Monday through Saturday, week in and week out. It's having to react to, hey, man, your bye week is not till mid-November. All the pressure is on you. You don't play yep. South Alabama in week four for yep. a mini bye week. Yeah, this you, isn't Vanderbilt. This is a grind for months. And how do you rea- how do you handle success? How do you handle failure? the unscripted moments, all of those things. I think that's where, again, this comes down to being uh, such, such a disappointment. I still think, and I'll stand by it, and we'll get into it certainly as the week moves along, and once we get official word on Anthony Richardson and this potential surgery, we'll probably uh, double back on it. There are still a lot of storylines that you can point to for this season that I think it's worth certainly keeping an eye on, but undoubtedly the biggest one appears to be dealt the uh, the final blow based on Jim Mercer's comments. Uh, let's play the two clips from Shane Steichen. Obviously, not a lot of meat on the bone on what Steichen is going to say. Perhaps they'll have more to say, something more prepared, uh, if and when they announce the surgery for Richardson. Let's just play both of these, Sam. The two times answering questions about AR. Go ahead and play clip number one. Yeah, we're still just gathering as much information as we can, Greg. I mean, this is a you know a decision that we want to make that's right for him uh, and the organization you know for his longevity so we're still you know working through that process uh and here's the other one Steichen again on Anthony Richardson it, it is a priority obviously we want to do what's best for him uh in this organization um you know moving forward and uh like I said we'll, we'll make the decision uh when the time's right when we're still evaluating that process 
You know, when I hear Shane Steichen talk about Anthony Richardson, and this dates back to, you know, probably last Wednesday, Andy, when it appeared, it, it, you know, for about six days mm-hmm. now, it's appeared, hey, guys, surgery is a real, real possibility. Right. Longevity, long-term, future, those words have been in pretty much every Shane Steichen answer. And when you're willing to go there, you're kind of showing your cards of, you know, again, we think this is a real, real possibility. So, again, we'll await official word on the Anthony Richardson situation, but Jim Mercer's comments last night to Stephen Holder, uh, probably done for the season. It does sound like just a confirmation, almost like signing on the dotted line by the Richardson family is the only thing that remains on that. I do think there are some whispers in the Westfield area, if you will, uh, from those you know associated with the Richardson family that they are leaning in that direction as well. All right, uh, Nate Atkins going to join us at 9. Honestly, Andy, before this <laughs> Ursay uh, news happened l- l- yeah. late, late last night. You want to talk uh, Pittman with him. Yeah, credit yeah. Nate. Um, he got Michael <laughs> Pittman in the locker room uh, on Friday and got his, I thought, very candid thoughts on the Jonathan Taylor contract, which by 9 o'clock we probably will be looking forward to talking about something other than this. So uh, looking forward to that conversation. Michael Pittman, of course, in a contract year and continues to have a nice start to the season. And then Rick Carlisle. At 8 o'clock, the Pacers get a win last night over the Hawks. Good work from that starting lineup. I would say an interesting rotation so far for their first-round picks. Uh, That is something that stood out to me watching last night. And so we'll chat with Rick coming up as the Pacers are eight days away from their season opening up this year. Good Tuesday morning to you. Thank you for tuning in. It is the Wake Up Call. I'm Kevin Bowen. He's Andy Sweeney. Sam Fritz in for Mark Dykton. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. All right, obviously the big news, Jim Mersey telling Stephen Holder it's looking like it's going to be surgery out for the rest of the season uh, for Anthony Richardson. KB, that is the big news we'll keep throwing at you this morning every few minutes. Yeah, again, that was late last night. A few more details within that that we'll share coming up here on the other side and goes without saying how big of a deal that is and and more kind of short-term injury news uh Alec Pierce shoulder Braden Smith hip will continue to monitor that because in those respective ways those are big injuries to keep an eye on as week seven is here for the Colts yeah the Alec the Alec Pierce injury is going to go completely unnoticed by by fans this week is it not yeah because I will make sure. No, I I I know you will. Well, it's twofold. It's number one, he doesn't have huge stats this season at all. I mean, let's just be honest. That's been kind of the narrative. And second of all, you mentioned whether it be some offensive lineman or, of course, it be Richardson. That is going to be the news. It's just going to swallow everything this week. Uh, Last night, Monday Night Football, it was the Cowboys, twenty to seventeen. Good for them. We saw so often last season, Stephon Gilmore doing his best. Mariana Rivera impression, the game-sealing interception there 
in the fourth quarter. Pretty entertaining fourth quarter. Kind of a slow-ish first couple of quarters. Uh, but back and forth there in the fourth. And the Cowboys beat the Chargers 20-17. to As we look ahead to now week seven of the NFL, it'll be Jags and Saints and iffy Trevor Lawrence on Thursday night football. New Orleans favored by three in that one. By the way, I'm just so done with the Chargers. I, I mean, I, is let, Justin just, Herbert the ultimate just, tease? I'm just done with them. They're just. I, I I'm doing my power rankings today for the website. I'm just over them. Here's my prediction: They go to Kansas City and they lose. Okay, they go to two and four on the season. They fire Staley. Doesn't that feel like a game they would win? Like Herbert well, throws for 350, and now hey, at, we're, le- at least be in it. We're back on board. He, baby. He's the new Philip Rivers. That, hey, we're down, we need to go the length of the field in the yeah, final minutes, and we don't do it, but we have all the numbers in the, the world. the more attractive version of <laughs> Philip Rivers. By the way, my wife doesn't care, doesn't have any idea. She looked up, and they were showing Herbert with his little headband and his hair flowing and everything, and he was tossing the the pigskin, the duke, as they would say, around, and she, ma- she made the noise, ooh, who's that? He's got the he's got like a surfer look a little bit, right? Yeah, I, I mean more just how he plays the game. It just looks pretty. Like yeah. the arm talent, all of it. Yeah, and then then they lose. That. Uh all right, last night, baseball wise, how about the Rangers? They are now up two oh. They continue to have not Good lost for here them. in the postseason. That is two wins uh, on the road here to start the ALCS. They got a four run first yesterday, some timely pitching there to hold on to that victory over the Astros. So now a day off for the ALCS. The NLCS got underway, and in true Kyle Schwarber fashion, he goes yard uh, in the bottom of the first. Uh, a couple batters later, Bryce Harper does his thing. Second inning, Nick Castellanos. Uh, I guess Arizona did cut it to 5-3 yeah, in, what, the 7th, 8th, something like that. Uh, but the Phillies hang on for the game one win. Sam Fritz is a happy camper, and he will be ready to watch game two. Tonight, 8.07 from Philly. Uh, Sam did tell us Zach Wheeler won the Battle of the Zacks last night between Zach Wheeler and Zach Gallon. So Gallon struggled early. Yeah, in case you were wondering, Zach Wheeler comes out victorious in this one. Uh, just a couple of things to clean up. Well, Rick Carlisle coming up at 8 o'clock here on the Fan Pacers. Winners last night, 116-112. Allowed just 15 points in the second quarter. Interesting, or uh, interested, I should say, to ask Rick Carlisle about that. Uh, just the overall defensive effort and everything else. So, I uh, wanted to throw that out there. And then just a couple other things. Ryan Tannehill dealing with a high ankle sprain, KB. It's going to be Malik Willis or Will Levis here for a few weeks. And that that makes me eternally happy because those guys aren't very good. And that's just going to be funny to watch. Vrabel's going to lose his mind. And they go, they got a bye week right this week. <laughs> Do they? Yeah, probably. I, I didn't look it up. He's got a high ankle sprain. I mean, that's, that's minimum three weeks. Yeah, he's on crutches. Absolute minimum three, probably four weeks. Leaving the game in London. A college basketball note to round things out. Yesterday, the AP poll came out. Purdue at number three in that one. Uh, three first-place votes for the Boilers. Uh, the top five was Kansas, Duke, Purdue, Michigan State, and Marquette. You had defending champ UConn at six, Dusty May, and the Owls of Florida Atlantic at ten. If you're looking for some Big Ten flavor in the AP poll, again, Purdue at three, Michigan State four, nobody until the fighting yeah. Illini yeah. at 25. What do you and make of that? You get into receiving votes, Andy. Wisconsin at 26, Maryland at 30, and Indiana at 40. Uh, that seems to be, I think, an accurate depiction, if you will, of the Big Ten. I think Purdue and Michigan State are the clear, clear favorites and definitely on Tier 1 here. Uh, but certainly from a non-conference schedule standpoint, you got Indiana that will play Kansas. 
the number one team in the nation, will play UConn uh, in New York, and then Purdue is in that loaded Maui field again with those Maui fires. That field mm-hmm. has now been moved to the main island, um, so they'll play the University of Hawaii, but five of the top 11 teams in college basketball will be in that tournament. So a great opportunity for Purdue, and we get things underway college basketball-wise in about two weeks. Yeah, so just just an FYI, and it's going to go under the radar here because of Colt stuff and Richardson news and everything else. By the way, we'll get to Richardson news here in five minutes. Uh, Boogie Fland, the the all-five-star you know five star guard of the 2024 class, is set to announce his college decision, KB, Friday at 2 o'clock. So a lot of, there's a lot of Indiana steam, so I reached out to a, you know, a Rivals.com mole. Oh, boy. And and he said, uh, Kentucky fans need to be ready to be happy on Friday. Oh. So I know Indiana fans, okay. uh, I'm, I'm, ha- I'm, I'm having people tell me it's going to be Kentucky. I know Indiana you fans might have a topic think it's going to be them. Here you, in the next you, 20 you like minutes. that? Come on, Peegs. So Kentucky, because it kind of was Indiana, Kentucky, right? That was the thought? Yeah, I think it was what? It was Alabama, I think, was the third one in there. And hey, Nate Oates can go recruit. And I thought Indiana was, the, the thought was Indiana was making a late push here and, you know, kind of had maybe one boogie fland over. Cal has went to go see him many times. Cal's been on him probably as much as my man Woodson has. So it may come right down to it. Um, but, you know, those BBN gas bags, they all think Kentucky's going to get them at 2 o'clock on Friday. So there you go. Well, that it would be a big one, certainly for Indiana, when you look at the future in that backcourt and what the guard situation Come on, looks NIL. Like. Let's but go. Come on. BBN. Come on, NIL. Here with Boogie Fland. All right, on the other side, back into the Anthony Richardson chatter again. Jim Mercer's comments last night. Uh, coming up at 8, Rick Carlisle joins us. Good Tuesday morning to you. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. I'm doing my best to try to make pigs.com today, KB. That's what we're trying to do uh, you, to distract you got us. You boogie going to BBN. <laughs> Peegs is going to be up in arms Distract about us from the Anthony Richardson news. We'll talk a lot about that. Reminder, Nate Atkins going to join us. He talks Colts from the Indianapolis Star. We'll do that at 9 o'clock. And then excited Rick Carlisle, head coach of the Pacers, will join us. They played last night. Their last preseason game is coming up on Friday. Uh, and then it's the regular season, so cannot wait. Wait for that. Uh, kind of the final competition, starting lineup, what he's seen from the guys, the defensive effort, a ton to discuss. We'll do that coming up in about 25 minutes or so. You know, I ask you during the break, and by the way, 239-1070 as we react to the news, Anthony Richardson, it's looking like potentially done for the season. Stephen Holder of ESPN, who by the way will be on with us tomorrow. Is he on with JMV today? 
You know, off the uh, top I of your it was head, Jake and Jimmy on. Tuesday, okay, that might so. be the case. Yeah, I knew he's on the station uh, seemingly just about every day. We'll have him tomorrow in his normal eight o'clock slot. But he talked to Jim Mercy, looking like done for the season, awaiting kind of uh, the final timetable, the final decision coming from the team. Uh, if he is out for this season, what do you think we have learned? about just Anthony Richardson and everything? Is it that he is injury-prone? Is is there something on the field uh, that gets you warm and fuzzy if he can stay healthy next year, Uh, building a team around him now? We have such precious little data. I don't know. what do I mean, we know what's not learned. What do you think is actually learned with the precious little time we saw him play this season? And it ain't much, by the way. Yeah, it's a great question. And again, unfortunately, the sample size is just so, so very small. Um, it's probably a little bit of both, Andy, as you laid out. I mean, there, to me, is certainly some intrigue in his play. Um, you know, what he showed in coming back in that Rams game. Um, you know, passing-wise, again, the sample size is what it is. You know, 59%, that's not bad, considering where he was in college and for year one in the NFL. You know, if you can hover around 60% and have some of the big play ability that you know is in there, and he showed some of that, you can live with that moving forward. Uh, but obviously, there is an element, Andy, of you know how long is the career window? That's probably the question I have the most exiting this season is what you want is clarity. You want clarity on what he looks like. You want clarity on what you think the future holds. And I know that can be difficult um, to cement and, and stamp and say, oh, yeah, this is exactly what it's going to look like moving forward. But I think the career window question is how long can he play at the dual threat nature that – sidelined him for, you know, stretches already of the first month and a half of this season and seemingly is going to sideline him for the rest of the year. I mean, that's a question that you can't ignore at all. You would be naive to do that. So that's what makes it complicated. That's what makes it very, very complicated with all of this. And that's why, you know, people, I got a text during the break. Hey, if you were in a position to draft a quarterback in April, would you do it? I know. The fact, Andy, that I look at that question and I don't immediately say no tells me everything I need to know about the overall storyline to Richardson's first year. And that's, again, um, just a massive disappointment in, you know, proving you can stay healthy or, you know, feeling, you know, confident about, you know, he can protect himself. And, you know, in a way, I'm watching the two quarterbacks play last night and Justin Herbert probably more than Dak Prescott, but both those quarterbacks have flaws. I I don't want to act like I'm saying that Dak or Herbert are top three quarterbacks, top five quarterbacks in the NFL. But style-wise, Andy, that is probably the ideal style that you want in that they are throwers first, Mm -hmm. but can certainly make plays with their legs. I mean, Dak had a touchdown run last night. Yeah, the Cowboys used Dak Prescott a little bit more than they used to. Remember, he was a lot more of a runner coming out of college. Yeah, and and Herbert, you know, certainly can make some plays with his legs as well and did that last night. So I think if you were going to make kind of an ideal, again, style, I'm not saying Herbert and Dak, boom, put them on the side of Lucas Oil Stadium and you're going to win three Super Bowls. I'm not saying that, but I think from what you want out of a quarterback, it's kind of that makeup where – You're primarily a pocket guy. You're primarily a thrower, but you have the threat. And on a third and one, fourth and one, and we saw it last time with Dak, you can stick it in the belly of Mm -hmm. Tony Pollard, and if the Chargers converge on that, boom, I'm going to run and make a big play out of it. And so I just think that is a question you have because with running style, running-centric quarterbacks, guys that you tend to run double-digit times a game, 
their careers usually don't reach 28, 29, 30 years old playing at a very, very high level. And this might be stupid. I, I don't know. I say a lot of stupid things, okay? I want to be clear with that. I, I wonder... Indiana fans hope your boogie well, <laughs> flan to Kentucky is one of them. Well, I, I have no idea what's going to happen. I was telling KB at my last stop, I'd be doing about 90 minutes, about half a show on boogie flan today. So you knew I had to try to get it in on the morning check down here uh, because it is Indiana and Kentucky. Um, is, and I ask this because I don't know if fans, like fans are sad, they're upset. I don't know, they're angry. And I think there's some anger attached to the conversation of, hey, what are we going to do in April if there is a quarterback available or if we don't win many more games and we're at the, you know, kind of the top of uh, the draft? Is it going to be a trade? Is it going to be looking to move up? Is it going to be looking at some of these quarterbacks? And there will be some guys out there other than just Caleb Williams um, and Drake May. I, I, is If this were a more conventional injury, would it be different like, I don't know. I, I just, I wonder that because this is not an injury that we see that shuts a quarterback down. I mean, we had Will Carroll on last week and he said the thing that's interesting about this is, you know, this type of surgery, if he goes through this surgery, it's not something we see a lot with big time quarterbacks like that. I, I guess if it were a knee injury, if he rolled out and it was the turf monster got him, right? The turf has been such a huge discussion in the NFL. If it were that or if it were what we've seen, he moves one way, you know, his, his knee gets hit, his knee doesn't look right. We're used to that. I, I wonder, like, I almost I almost feel like bringing up another quarterback is, is showing the insecurity we have because we don't know as much about this injury. And when you combine the three, four injuries that he had beforehand, I mean, that's admitting. And I think, listen, I think the Colts are in a rough spot here. I think the Colts are in, a, are in a really rough spot. I mean, not to get to see what he's going to do this season. I just wonder if it was a more conventional yeah. football injury, I, I if we would feel different. I'm not there. I, I, I'm, not, yeah. I'm not I'm not either. There. I mean, yeah, again, it is, I don't know if odd is the right word, but it certainly is not commonplace for an AC joint sprain injury to lead to a surgery, a season-ending surgery. Mm. Um, so that is, I guess, an odd element to it. But I, I'm not overreacting too much to the injury. Maybe I should. Maybe it's his right shoulder and it's his throwing shoulder. And it's a guy that there are a lot of questions about you know, his accuracy. And I would say more of his throwing base and less to do with his actual motion. But those are obviously questions exiting Florida. To me, Andy, it comes more down to the dude carried the ball 25 times this year and he was hurt on four of them. One out of every six times he ran it, he got hurt. And there were four different injuries. Again, it wasn't necessarily, I pulled a hamstring and I rushed back and now I'm pulling a groin. That or, bothers me more than it did, than, than this injury the is, is, of the is the variety yeah, of the that, injuries. Again, to me, it's not necessarily yeah. the severity of, if you go off Jim Mercer's comments, we can kind of ballpark a three-month timeline with this if he has surgery. Uh, so that, you know, it seems like he'll have the full offseason program to throw and he'll throw in the spring, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm not necessarily worried about that angle to it. It's just more of the variety of injuries and how are you going about, again, I don't want to eliminate this element to him. You don't draft him for overall if you're all of a sudden going to take that away from him. Don't eliminate, but limit. Can you... We did the math problems that went, you know, awry last week. I won't. I won't do them again. Do you still have your paper over there that had the math? <laughs> I was showing a lot of work. You on did that. it like three out of four days too. I felt like you kind of had it memorized by the time we got to Friday. Well, you could tell that showing my work did not lead to the memorization. Yeah, or the the, the, the smoothness that I was hoping. Weren't you for. good at math? Didn't you say I, I you know. were good at math? I was much better at math than English. Yeah, that's back a in the day. that's a freak show thing that you were good at math.
but that to me is something that I think will be the question certainly when we get to you know August and September 2024 um but I I, I go back to this Andy you know you're six games into it 4-12 and 1 last year was really tough to watch it was just eyes bleeding watching the Colts play football last season you don't go through 4-12 and 1 to watch Gardner Minshew be your quarterback for 3 months and that's and again, that's maybe more of the entertainment factor in me coming out. But you check the entertainment box, you check the you you check the key development box. Gardner Minshew was not part of this, and so I think that's where again it's the kick in the you know what. For those that missed it again last night, uh, Stephen Holder um, via Jim Ursay. This was what nine o'clock? It seemed like nine o'clock. Hell, it was deep into the first half of that. Yeah, he posted Cowboys it at eight fo- at eight forty nine, and I probably saw it at about nine o'clock. Okay, yeah. so um, this is again via Ursay that Anthony Richardson is probably going to miss the rest of the regular season and could undergo shoulder surgery in the next week or so. This quote from Ursay to Steven, the most likelihood is he's probably going to be gone for the year. I mean, it's not definite, but he probably misses this year, and we're going to have to contend with that factor. There's debate going, but it's probably going to lead towards surgery in the next week or so. We're just trying to figure out exactly how and when and what we want to do and what Anthony wants to do, end quote. Can I ask you something? Is that okay? Can I just sure. ask you, is it a, a free country here on the microphone, here on the fan, in the drivehubler.com no? studios? Uh, then I would have pivoted back to Boogie <laughs> Flan and trying to make pigs.com on a Tuesday. I, and we have, we, have a, we have a clip from Adam Schefter, who was on with McAfee yesterday, and most of it is talking about will he have surgery and that sort of thing. So it doesn't, it doesn't mean very much. Can, but play the back end because, I don't know, you just had the Schefter part, right? McAfee's like, well, are they basically asking a question that I was going to ask today, and that is, is everyone on the same page about what's going to happen here going forward? Here's what Schefter had to say. Then I want to ask KB a question. I think they're in this together and trying to figure out what the best course of action is. And, you know, it, it, he had a tough few beginnings here um, where four of the five games he didn't finish because of injuries, various injuries, four or five. So it was a tough start, and I think they want to make sure he's right, whether that necessitates surgery or not. We'll see. That was Schefter on with McAfee yesterday. And listen, I know there's not a lot of meat on the bone, but I'm just using this to ask. I'm putting all these things together. In this Ursay quote, there's, you know, there's debate going. He uses the word debate, okay? Uh, and then, you know, the final decision Holder has in here, and then Ursay alludes to it, you know, is going to be up to Richardson. Schefter there is saying they are together. I throw in the PTSD. Uh, I, did I nail it that time with all of the Andrew Luck stuff? Um, and, and, you know, how these things happen when it's a main injury I guess just the combination, KB, I guess what I'm trying to maybe not even ask is it feels like the Colts are telling you, hey, there's a lot of information that we're gathering. We're taking our time here that this is not a a player is going to be rushed back and ultimately the decision is going to be uh, with Richardson and, and his you know his family, his agent, whoever may be in his inner circle. And I'm not saying this is strained from any other injury you may see in the NFL, but it's uh, but it goes into if it's an ACL, 
We know what the ACL, if it's an Achilles, we know that surgery is going to be done and there's none of this. It's up to Richardson. There's a debate going on. Am I reading too much? I'm confused. I don't know here. You've been in this market. What am I doing here? I, I look at this and I say, okay, are they are the Colts saying, hey, we want people to know, you know, this ain't, you know, this you're not going to be blaming us on any of this. It's not going to be an Andrew Luck 2.0 yeah, at all. I, you might be reading a little bit too much into that part of like the Colts saying, hey, 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 our hands are clean. You know, this is, you know, this is Richardson's right, this ultimate is up decision. To him. I think there's it still is an element of like we do want people to know that the player is going to be heavily involved in this. And maybe it is luck PTSD. I mean, I've said it a million times. I think luck and the Colts electing not to have surgery after the 2015 season and pushing that to after the 2016 season was a big, big step down the path of constant pain, lingering pain, obviously leading to his retirement. Um, so maybe that is at play here. Obviously, Chris Bauer wasn't a part of that decision. Jim Mercer was, but Chris Bauer did feel the brunt of it You know, once he did become the GM in, in 2017. Um, I think it has more to do with this is a very complicated situation. I mean, Will Carroll mentioned that to us last Tuesday, mm-hmm. and we'll play a clip from Will here in just a second, kind of touching on the surgery angle to it because it is unique. Um, and in Steven's story last night, Andy, there was a part that said, you know, what Richardson prefers is a key element. The final decision will be mm-hmm. up to Richardson and those advising him, though most players tend to follow the medical advice. Right. It seems like the Colts have gathered their info and have said, surgery is probably the best option for you long term. We will let you make the final decision on it because it, it's the player's body. Um, and I do think it's worth pointing out the doctor that Will Carroll mentioned to us last week was Keith Meister, who is the Rangers team physician. Obviously, a baseball shoulder background makes some sense. For what it's worth, Keith Meister did spend a decade as the team physician at Florida. Now, his time there didn't overlap with Anthony Richardson's time there. Honestly, it was well before Richardson even became close to being a Florida football player. But I bring that up to say Richardson's team, agent, marketing people, family. He went to Gainesville High School, Gainesville East High School. He obviously played football in Gainesville for college. You would think they would have some one degree of separation from Meister. So maybe there is some comfort with that. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think – I think you're overreading it a little bit if it's like – Hey, we think he should rehab. We think he should play. Right. There hasn't been that. I just No, no, no. There's I, just a few words where I'm like, okay, they are in with it together, but what's going on here? I guess, you know, I, I guess I'm curious. I have a curious yeah. mind, Kevin. I mean, That's Ur- what it is. Ursay probably is a little bit to blame for that. And God bless him, though. He I mean, just again, couldn't he help is at himself. He's meetings in New York. I don't believe. <laughs> we'll ask Steven tomorrow. I don't think Steven's there. Well, for I was going to ask. Worth. Yeah. He and then all of a sudden. Shot him a text. For those that missed it. And by the way, we got Rick Carlisle joining us here in about 10 minutes. But for those that missed it, uh, Ursay followed up with Mike Chappell after talking to Steven, and he added to Chappell that surgery likely in the next five to ten days. But this quote I, I just thought was too rich here. This is Ursay to Chappell. With the AFC title game or something like that, could he possibly be back three months later? Anything's possible. <laughs> That from Jim Irsay. Oh, man. So, can you imagine? Bless him. Just, like, play out this hypothetical He leads you all the way to the AFC Championship game. Gardner leads you to the AFC title game, and you bench him for Anthony Richardson. Okay, so the last time that happened... And it's not a it's not a direct. We may need to get Sam to look this up. Now this is a musty reference. Uh, it happened with 
the Music City Miracle. Doug Flutie had led the Buffalo Bills to Tennessee, and then they started that damn Rob Johnson. Remember Rob Johnson, who had the uh, who had the handkerchief in his hair? Remember Rob Johnson at all? You guys, Sam, do you know the and Music City Miracle? I, I'm not necessarily familiar with that. Oh, I, no. I, for one, relate to the Philly Philly, which was when Nick Foles stepped in for an injured Carson Wentz. Okay. Philadelphia to yeah, a but Super they, Bowl victory. But they didn't. No, but they, has missed no, three months. We're a game away from the no, Super Bowl. Let's let's put no, him back. But in see, the that's not. See, but Sam, they would have had to gone back to Carson Wentz. If they Nick Foles would have had to lead them to the promised land to the Super Bowl, and then they went back to Carson Wentz, so he could go. You know, nineteen of thir- of uh, forty two and a couple interceptions and a fumble somewhere along the line. Yeah, they were Doug Flutie's team, and then they became Rob Johnson's team. Uh, and because I had family members who are Buffalo Bills fans, they said they said KB, we deserve to have the Music City Miracle because we went away from Flutie Flakes and we went to Doug Johnson, Just Rob, Rob Johnson. Rob Johnson. Or Doug Johnson, whoever. Again, here was Will Carroll <laughs> with us last week in regards to what would surgery look like for Anthony Richardson. With the advent of what's called suture tape, um, all you have to do is think back to Brock Purdy, the 49ers quarterback who had uh, surgery where they put an internal brace in his elbow and he came back in just months. and He's looked pretty darn good. Keith Meister did that surgery as well. They can do that where they actually – basically tie the uh, the joint back together, let the ligament uh, heal uh, under repair, and the the suture tape is what they call it, uh, that, that forms the brace. That basically makes it so the ligament can't be hurt. There's, it's stronger than the ligament's ever going to be. Uh, we've seen this use, same kind of thing used in knees. Uh, Tua Valoa has it in both high ankles. Uh, so we're seeing this used more and more, uh, and it's really successful. The problem is we don't have a case on a high-level quarterback like this. So I, I really can't say. Normally, you know, with a grade two, we're looking at four to six weeks. With a grade three, this used to be a season ender. But I can't give you a really good one because we just don't have very many examples at this level. Yeah, that's a difficult one. It's yeah, so, basically a we don't know, which is, you know, not it, what you want to hear. Eh, you know, like, we don't know. There is a pretty unique element. It, it, it appears to having, you know, surgery for this particular injury. So, okay, we'll await official word on that, but certainly wanted to make sure we focused on that. Uh, news broke late last night. That was Jim Mercer to Stephen Holder um, on that one. Uh, we'll talk with Nate Atkins coming up around 9 o'clock. Again, the focus with Nate, I was thinking originally <laughs> it was a little bit more of um, he had a great conversation with Michael Pittman in relation to what Pittman, who was in a contract year, thought of Jonathan Taylor's contract situation. I thought it was probably one of the more candid uh, moments Pittman has had in relation to any sort of contract talk this offseason. He's been pretty by the book throughout things. So we'll chat with Nate about that coming up at 9. On the other side, though, a fresh off their Pacers home preseason opener last night, Rick Carlisle. Next Wednesday will be the regular season opener. Uh, head coach of the Pacers. He joins us next to chat about their offseason and lead in. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. 
Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The regular season. All right, Rick Carlisle going to join us in just a second. We'll keep the Anthony Richardson discussion going. Nate Atkins from the Star will join us coming up in the 9 o'clock hour. It is the wake-up call. He's Kevin Bowen. I'm Andy Sweeney. Sam Fritz hanging out producing today's effort. Mark Dighton uh, on the road in Florida at Disney World. So uh, good for him. Hopefully hopefully he has a fantastic week off. Uh, well, they wrapped up with a win last night. One more preseason game before things get cooking for the Indiana Pacers and the head coach Rick Carlisle joins us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Coach, good morning. How are you? Hey, what's happening? Uh, well, Coach, thanks so much uh, for joining us. Fine win last night as the preseason 75% over. You know, uh, I'll ask you this, just kind of not even about your team to get things going. Uh, you know, Anthony Richardson, the big quarterback here for the Colts, uh, is injured and, and very well may miss uh, the rest of the season. Shane Steichen, uh, been around the game, but is a rookie coach. Um, you as a as a you know as a as a as a veteran of the game, what would you say to a rookie coach who takes over? He has a game plan and then has big time injuries. I'm sure you've dealt with the same uh, from coach to coach. What, what what would you say to him as he tries to kind of figure out the rest of his season without one of his better players? Well, personally, I wouldn't I wouldn't say anything to him. I think he's got things very well figured out and. You know, I, uh, I, I met Shane last spring. Um, he came to one of our games. He sat in my office for 30 minutes before one of our games. We talked. And uh, I just got to tell you, I've been around a lot of coaches um, over the past 30 years. I've been the president of the Coaches Association in the NBA for 18 years. I know, I know what great coaching looks like. I know when I see the it factor. And uh, it was clear to me after our sit-down for whatever it was, 25, 30 minutes, that this guy was a brilliant guy, Had the definitely has the it factor. And to me, you can already see that this has already been well thought out. I mean, Gardner Mitchell wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for Shane Steichen. And, you know, I, I follow the Colts very closely. Um, I'm a big fan of the organization. Um, I'm a big fan of Jim Ursay. Um, obviously, I'm a uh, I'm a fan of Shane, and and he's a, he's become a, a friend, and I you know and I and I hope that uh, we get we become better friends as as time goes on. But you know, the overview of the Colts season was that this was going to be a developmental thing, and you know, a rebuild, a total rebuild, and all this other stuff. And you know, Shane Steichen has turned this thing into you know a highly competitive situation. Sure. And again, again, I mean with Richardson missing the time that he's missed and, you know, having been unable to finish some games um, and having Minshew in the fold, that you know, and he's, he's in complete lockstep with, with coach Steichen, um, you know, the Colts are sitting at, I guess, what, three and three and they're, they're right in the thick of things. So um, my hat's off to the Colts for, you know, recognizing, you know, the right guy 
at the right time to hire, and uh, they're in great hands. And the the situation with Richardson, you know, um, I'm I'm pretty sure that that will be resolved over time the way it should be. Um, I mean, this guy this guy is really fun to watch, and you know, on the first game, the first game we saw, um, you know, he was. He was he was much more polished than I think most people expected, and I think Shane Sykin has a lot to do with that as well. So, we wish uh, Anthony Richardson the best and uh, the Colts the best, and uh, so we have a basketball season to play too. <laughs> yes, it's three fourths away through the preseason. I figured out what ask from coach to coach. You know, yeah. he loses one of his you know main players, and now he's got to figure things out. Go ahead, KB. No, Rick, Rick Carlisle is with us here. Uh, Part of me wants to dive a little deeper into the Shane Steichen it. <laughs> factor but certainly we will talk about the preseason for the Pacers eight days away from the regular season opener last night they get a win over the Hawks uh, coach I'll, I'll leave it pretty open-ended um, obviously Tyrese Halliburton his first preseason game was last night but what have you liked what have you not liked through the first three preseason games uh, I've liked the vibe of the team um, it's a great group of guys very much together uh, we have a great point guard great leader in uh, in Tyrese Halliburton, obviously. And, uh, you know, I've, I've liked uh, the pace that we play at. I've liked the additions on our roster. You know, Bruce Brown's going to help us. Obi Toppin's going to help us. Uh, we have young players that are that are getting better and maturing and, and, and learning. You know, uh, you know, Ben Matherin is, is making, making strides all the time. Um, those are those are real positives. Uh, you know, the negatives are, you know, we've, we were fouling too much. Um, last night it was, you know, eight to two in fouls in the first quarter. Um, and I'm, gonna, you know, reserve judgment on the officials on that. I just, you know, we need to quit fouling so much. Um, we've made some pretty significant changes to our pr- approach defensively and, you know, we're playing things more one-on-one and two-on-two, which requires, you know, a real individual toughness uh, and a wherewithal defensively and the ability to sit down and, and, and guard people. And, you know, last year uh, we found ourselves in, two, in rotation too often and we gave up a lot at the rim, we gave up a lot of threes, and we didn't rebound well. So, you know, we've adjusted our approach um, somewhat here, and um, we did some better things after that first quarter uh, last night. That's encouraging, but uh, the work goes on. If you put the fa- – and I don't know, maybe you can't, but if you put kind of the foul trouble to the side, are you seeing what you want to see early on from the new def- new defensive approach? Uh, yes. I mean – it's, you know, this is, in my, in my opinion, and we've studied it very, very closely, um, very exhaustively, exhaustively and exhaustively, I guess is the word. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a certain math element to the NBA game now, and you've got to have a defense where you provide help, but if you overhelp in today's game, I mean, you just get sliced apart. Um, the ball moves too quickly. The skill level is too high, and so <clears throat> NBA defense now is 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 constantly evolving. I mean, it's different this year than it was 
a year and a half ago. And so it's, it's not something where you're going to sit here and say on October 18th or 19th or whatever this is that, you know, we have the answer. Um, the answer is, is going to be fluid uh, as the game continues to change. Rick Carlisle with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline on the Fan on this Tuesday. Um, you know some of the some of the battles for playing time uh, with one preseason game left, some practices, and obviously next week the real fun begins. What are some of the areas? Who are some of the guys that are battling right now for that playing time? Oh, I don't think I need to name names. I think you guys know the names, you know. And uh, but it's exciting. Um, this is an exciting roster. I mean, I, you know, I, I give uh, Kevin Pritchard and Chad Buchanan and, and Kelly and, and Ted, you know, our management team, a lot of credit. I mean, in less than two years, uh, the, the roster's almost completely been turned over. Uh, right now we have the lowest paid roster in the NBA and a lot of exciting young talent. Now, you know, we're going to have to make some decisions on, you know, who are the people that we're going to, uh, have with us going forward this year. Um, that's exciting, and those kinds of things can be a little bit daunting. And there, you know, there 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 are some there are some questions as to you know who exactly it's going to be. But you know, I think our fan base is going to really like watching this team. Um, you know, Halliburton every night is is going to bring an exuberance, um, an enthusiasm, and just just a level of knowledge of the game um, and ability to make his teammates better that is going to be, you know, a lot of fun to watch. Coach, I was really impressed by Ben Shepard last night and even the first couple of preseason games. I remember watching him in Vegas and thought, that kid just got a motor that does not stop, and he shot it pretty well here in the preseason. I know you're pretty crowded in the backcourt, but um, what have you observed from uh, the first-round pick out of Belmont? Well, the kid knows who he is. You know, and, um, you know, every once in a while, you can find a guy in the draft, um, you know, the way we were able to to find him who is played in a great system in college. Uh, he happens to be a four-year player, which, you know, in, in the eyes of many, diminishes a player's value in the draft. I don't see it that way. You know, I think experience – uh, goes a long way toward preparing a guy to be ready to play in the NBA. Um, you know, the, the 18, 19-year-old guys that, that get drafted, you know, have tremendous upside. But, you know, there's just such a process when they jump directly into the NBA from, you know, one of the, one of the G League Knights or, or, you know, one of those teams um, or college. And, you know, Shep is a guy that uh, – you know, when he when he got here, we said, "Hey, look, here's here are the things that you need to do. You need to be a great runner. You need to be a guy that uh, approaches you, you know your shooting in a very precise way. Uh, you got to know the system. You got to play without foul. I mean, he's one of the guys defensively that's that's um, really ahead of the curve. I mean, he he's doing a good job containing. He's shown his hands. He's he's not getting called for fouls very often. And this is a rookie player, so." Um, he he's proving that he's a guy that can be plugged in, you know, in, in short minutes or even longer minutes if needed and, uh, you know, and hold his own. Is it fair to say you need to see a little bit more from Jarris Walker to earn kind of a consistent rotational spot here early on? Well, 
there's a clear difference, you know, between Shepard and, and Walker. I mean, she, you know, Walker's a 20-year-old and Shep is, you know, 22 or 3, you know. And so, um, you know, the, the, the extra three years of experience, you know, are, are, are meaningful just, just from the standpoint of, you know, the detail elements of the game. Um, you know, Walker's going to be a tremendous player. And, uh, you know, last night I, I put him in there with our first group in the third quarter, you know, to, to, so he would get a taste of what it, of what it means or what the responsibility feels like uh, to be out there with, with our starting players and to try, you know, and to have to hold his own. And, uh, you know, it didn't go perfect, you know, but you can see that he has a certain feel for the game. Um, he moves well, you know, here's a guy that, at IMG, when he was there, uh, one of the years he was there, their their regular point guard got hurt, and he played point guard on that team for a year. So, you know, he has the aptitude and the skill set to handle and make plays like a point guard as a you know six seven six eight power forward. On the one hand, um, on the on the other hand, you know, uh, the NBA game now, you know, with rookie players is is more about the simplicity of the game you know are you ready to go in there um and step into an open shot drive the ball directly to the rim and and, you know land on two feet and make the right play um and so he's got he's got a lot going on that he can do that that has to be channeled um in a way that's efficient and effective and uh and good for the team and his teammates and himself and so he'll get there um but you know he is not quite the polished finished product that, um, you know, a guy like Shepard is, you know, having had the three extra years. Rick Carlisle with us here, Pacers head coach on the Pay Less Liquors Hotline. Last one for me, coach, and uh, we always appreciate your time. Excited to get this baby going again. Preseason ends on Friday, and the next week Washington comes into town and we're off and running. I'm just wondering, you know, looking at the three preseason games, uh, you've shot 53, 42, and 49 threes in those respective games. That's good for 48 per game. Last year you were at 37, uh, and obviously in 2021 you can go back a couple less. Uh, Is there a number you'd like to get to with three points uh three pointers attempted yeah you're right we got to get a lot more up (laughs) (laughs) that's 48 48 game that's a lot yeah no i like i don't know i don't know the exact number um and look we've seen three different teams that have three different approaches defensively and you know, Atlanta, Atlanta has an approach where they're very aggressive on the ball and they and they and they make you fire it around and and they're going to give up um, threes and they're going to they're going to fly around and try to contest them. You know, and so um, for me, it's too early um, to know for sure what the number is. But look, good catch and shoot threes are at a premium in our game right now. Sure. Um, the best thing, the best shot in basketball is a free throw because the clock stop and you're sitting there with nobody guarding you and you get a chance to set your defense. The second best is probably is, is a layup. And the third best is a, is an open catch and shoot three. And so, you know, th- those are the ones that we want to get. And those are the ones that we want to limit, you know, with the opponent. So it sounds like a simple task. Um, not so much in today's game. Cause there's, there's a lot of great coaching and there's, there's a lot of, uh, 
there's a lot of players that can cause a lot of problems on the other side, but uh, but we're working on it. Coach, we'll end with this, although I wouldn't mind a, you know an Abbey UVA update before we round <laughs> things out here. Absolutely. Uh, and appreciate your time on this Tuesday morning. Uh, it's probably a stupid question, I will admit, and I know you are a guy that you know, certainly has said before you don't want to put a cap on, on what a season could look like. You don't want to define a ceiling. Um, having said that, if I threw out, I think a realistic and a very attainable goal is for you guys to be one of the top six seeds in the Eastern Conference out of that play-in range. What would you say to that? Well, I would say that that's po- something like that would be possible. You know, I mean, last year, if you look at last year, which really doesn't mean a whole lot, um, you know, we were in the top six, you know, at midseason. Last year, they predicted we'd win 23 and a half games, and we were 23 and 18 at the 41 game mark, you know, which is halfway. So, I mean, something like that is, is possible. But here's here's the daunting challenge for us, and that is that, you know, if you look at our schedule as a whole, um, the more favorable part of the schedule is in the first couple of months, and so we've got to be we've got to be on point from the very beginning of this thing. Uh, I've watched Washington play a couple games. I mean, these guys can really score, and they're and they're a team that's you know was supposed to be like the Colts this year, going going through a you know a total development thing. Well, you look at their their lineup. And they got uh, they got Tyus Jones who can who can score and makes every floater. They got Jordan Poole who can run around and get thirty. They got they got Kuzma who's you know has always played well against us. Uh, they got a young rookie Koulibaly starting from France who's a, who's a hell of a player and can defend. And they got Gafford at five. And then they got a bunch of pretty damn good players coming off the bench. I mean you know we got to be right uh, a week from tomorrow. And then, you know, three nights later, we play in Cleveland in a divisional game. And so, um, you know, a lot, of our, a lot of our days off are in the early part of the season. And so we got to get that. We got we to make sure that we utilize those the right way. And, and, and then we get into this thing, and, it, and it's full speed. So, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm optimistic. Uh, I love the group. I love the team. Injuries are, are a factor. You know, I think you guys have probably been talking about it all morning, you know, with what's happened to Anthony Richardson. Um, you know, we hope Mother Nature's on our, our side there, and we'll, we'll try to look after our guys as best we can. But this is an exciting group. It's an exciting time. We're looking forward to it. And uh, appreciate you guys uh, having me on. Abby, doing well? Every day is better than the last. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't even begin to tell you. I mean, I, I went to I went to University of Virginia and I loved it. It was one of the great experiences of my life. And I don't I don't remember being that great. <laughs> you know? I mean, I mean, and, and look, I would I would pay almost any amount of money to be back in school. But I mean, when I talk to her every day, it's just I, I there's a there's a level of of excitement and joy that is just uh let me just I, i'll just say this to you guys you know you guys probably have kids um hope hope that your child feels the same way about their college when they're in their first year and, and you'll be smiling every day that's great i love hearing that we yeah, got a three a one-year-old and a two-month-old here yeah. one month old here <laughs> in studio and so years away from that but hopefully we can share in that 
at some point. Hopefully the Pacers can share in a little bit of joy starting a week from Wednesday. Coach, always enjoy the conversations. Uh, Hopefully we'll talk to you next week. All right, thanks, guys. Be well. Rick Carlisle, Payless Liquors Hotline. Andy, uh, always, always enjoy his candor. I thought the Shane Steichen stuff at the start was uh, down an avenue that I didn't expect it to go down. Um, and so enjoyed that from him as well. And hopefully we can make these kind of a routine conversation. Well, the, the only reason, season. yeah, I mean, listen, he's fantastic. He, he's he's forthcoming. He knows basketball and the Pacers are going to be an exciting team around here. it's not here. coach speak. No, like, no. It, it never is oh, with him. Oh, yeah. I mean, but I mean, last year they shot 37 threes per game. Uh, and, you know, this preseason, they're up to 48. In fact, in the last three games last year, they were at 31. They're shooting 17 more threes in the three preseason games than they did the last three games of last year, which is just an interesting stat. And I just bring it up because, you know, I mean, last year, Golden State led the NBA with 43 a game. Well, when you bring up the last three games from last season, when they shut Halliburton down late last year... I. <laughs> We live in an NBA bubble. We, 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 you know, or at least I'll speak for myself. I live in a very Pacers bubble. Like I, I, I don't no. tune into a ton of other NBA games. I'm very NBA centric. You're not watching, uh, watching Washington pa- basketball I, I on can't a nightly. Say I'm not grinding the over Magic and Wizards <laughs> on a Tuesday night. Not watching Pistons pass. basketball on a Tuesday. But I would rank Tyrese Halliburton near the top of the list, Andy. Of a you take one player away from a team sure. and how different that team looks. Oh, sure. I mean, I'm watching yeah. last night and. and And Rick said it to us right there. The ease at which Halliburton gets guys open looks, it is amazing. He is an incredible talent. Um, You know, it's 20 and 10. And think about that. You know, 10 assists, okay, if it's worth two points. that's He's accounting for 40 points every night. If You know, there are some three-pointers obviously involved via his assists. That's even more than that. And so when you think about a record for this team last season, they were a top six team in the Eastern conference when Halliburton was playing. And obviously it bottomed out when he got that ankle injury in, uh, in New York, I believe it was. And then obviously they ended up shutting him down. So um, he's just such a catalyst. He's such a quarterback for you. And I mean, it, honestly, it's a starter to backup feel. And I like TJ McConnell, but it, it's just a different. No, it ain't the same. Different. Yeah, we get it. Certain flow and starter reserve minutes. I do find it interesting, and I thought he made some good points about Jarris Walker and Ben Shepard. I mean, right now, if you watched last night, Andy, again, Andrew Nemhard did not play. Um, kidney stone, which sounds beyond painful. Uh, but sounds like he will return at some point this week. Daniel Tice didn't play. But for the most part, they were healthy. We didn't see Jarris Walker till the third quarter. And he plays a position that you would like. I mean, certainly there are open minutes to be had. Aaron Neesmith is kind of the backup four right now behind Obi Toppin. So it's interesting how Ben Shepard, albeit certainly played in college much longer than Jarris Walker, Ben Shepard is earning some sort of look at a more crowded area on the floor, whereas Jarris Walker at more of an open area on the floor minutes-wise has not earned that just yet. So, Again, a week from Wednesday, you knew there would be some guys that would be out of the rotation that are notable. Jordan Wara, I believe, was the other one last night that didn't get in early on. Uh, would be a bit of an early season disappointment, I think, if you didn't see Jairus Walker out there. Again, he's 20 years old. Not going to you know overreact to it too much. But I just figured, given you don't have really many other four guys on the roster, that Walker would earn a roar early on. So I'm curious how that'll play out. No, next you week. get drafted that high. You become a first round draft pick. What was he taking? Uh, was it eighth overall? Yeah. Yeah. You get taken, you know, top 10 pick and yeah. And if you don't play until the third quarter of a preseason game, it's an absolute valid question.
Hundred percent, it is. That's good stuff. Week from Wednesday, we'll see. We'll, Let's go. Got my Bally's app ready to go, baby. Let's go. Will Abby be talking smack to Wizards fan? Are there Wizards fans at UVA? <laughs> well, listen, Coach, better be happy. I was gonna, you know, I didn't, you know, I don't know, Coach, so I didn't want to kid around. But it's like, you better be happy your your kids are still talking to you when they're in college. <laughs> a, Am I wrong? Like you go to college, about, you go yeah. to college, and you forget about the parents, right? right? <laughs> I know. I'm like, at least Abby's answering your calls and yeah. your texts. I mean, yeah, you should, you should know, have I, a good maybe, relationship there, you know. <laughs> about that with Rosie every day. I'm like, oh boy, when is she going to stop talking? I mean, she has to, does she have to go to Notre Dame? You didn't go to Notre Dame, but you, you love Notre know, Dame. Well, didn't have the grades nor well. the money to be doing that. <laughs> those are two those are two vital components right. to going to Notre Dame. Uh-huh, yes. If you don't have the grades, you need to have the money. The Bowen, uh, Kevin Bowen <laughs> did not certainly check either of those boxes at all. Fair uh, enough. Nate Atkins coming up at 9. Again, Nate uh, covers Colts for the Indianapolis Star. Uh, obviously, we'll talk with him about the news of the night into today, and that's the latest on Anthony Richardson uh, via Jim Mersey, probably done for the season. Uh, but Nate had a great conversation with Michael Pittman late last week in relation to Jonathan Taylor's contract extension. Uh, that's the big angle, I think, you know, moving forward. Obviously, there are other storylines with this season, but you know what the future holds for Michael Pittman, and I. No, would you overreact and would, would the Anthony Richardson injury have any influence on what Michael Pittman might think of the Colts moving forward? I don't know. It's probably an overreaction, but uh, looking forward to talking with Nate coming up at nine about that. Uh, before we get any further, let's do a morning check down. Yeah, obviously the Anthony Richardson stuff is out there. We'll keep talking about that here in just a second. Week six of the NFL season in the books. Last night, a uh, a close game. I don't know if it was a good game, but a close game. Uh, the Cowboys. It was 20, an entertaining fourth yeah, quarter. No, it was. 2017 winners over the Chargers. The Chargers lose a close game, and Dallas Cowboys infest someone else's stadium. Pretty much par for the course. Uh, big game last night from C.D. Lamb. Tony Pollard had a nice game. Dak Prescott, for the most part, I thought outplayed Herbert. And just uh, just just a, a, a typical Chargers loss uh, as, you know, they lose at home by three and just no Charger fans there. It's so daunting, man. There's and that's no there. why you trade for <laughs> Stephon Gilmore with yeah. the game ceiling interception. Colts fans certainly saw that a time or two last season and closing out the few wins the Colts had. Uh, Gilmore did it last night on the final drive of the game. Uh, Major League Baseball is a busy night in the Championship League series. The Astros are now down 2-0. They drop both home games to the Rangers. The Rangers still have yet to lose in this postseason. A four-run first yesterday afternoon. They hold on with some timely pitching. They get a 5-4 win. So now a day off in the ALCS is that series. I guess it shifts from Houston to Arlington, not obviously leaving the state of Texas there. And the NLCS, Sam Fritz naked this morning celebrating the Phillies. Nude, completely up nude. I'm learning from the best. When Kevin Bowen decides he can come in here and take his shirt off, I'm just one-upping him. I mean, you're winning were, the playoffs. Were you producing picking... that morning? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I also produced the next day where I wrote on the whiteboard, days since uh, office incident. <laughs> Thank you for not going to HR with that. Yeah, well. Much appreciated. Well, the company was in flux then. You oh, know, there was end. a lot of, uh, yeah. kind of a gray area at that point. I could get away with it yeah. at that time. Yeah, I got Kevin taking his shirt off, and now I got to talk about PSTDs with HR yeah, year, well, so. <laughs> it's going to be uh, a rough one. Last night, a lot of opportunities to do that if Sam wanted to. Kyle Schwarber leads off the bottom of the first with a homer. Two batters later, Bryce Harper on his 31st birthday. I believe he did the. Ah, is he 31? Yeah, good out for of the him. Candles there. Ah, good for uh, him. As he crossed home plate, and then Nick Castellanos continues his toward postseason. He did it in the second. Zach Wheeler, pretty good from there. 
uh, the Phillies 5-3 winners over the Diamondbacks. Game 2 tonight, 8-07. Yeah, just quickly, Ryan Tannehill has a high ankle sprain. Just, uh, you know, AFC South stuff. That's a three or four weeks left on crutches. I think they have a bye, but um, you're looking at missing a couple weeks of Malik Willis. Not good. Will Levis hasn't played in the NFL, so that's out there. We just talked to Coach, but worth mentioning, Pacers winners last night, 116-112. Halliburton, 15 points, 8 assists, couple rebounds in just 23 minutes in his return. Yeah, I like the lineup that they had there in the second quarter, late second quarter. Bruce Brown was that fifth starter, if you will, of Halliburton, Matherin, Obi Top, and Miles Turner. They went a little bit more, I think, offensive-minded, healed in for Brown there late second quarter, went on a flurry there right before half and built a pretty big lead. So, again, that that buddy healed role, that's probably a question we can throw Rick's way uh, when we have him on again in the future. Lastly, from a local college basketball angle, the AP poll released yesterday. The Boilermakers of Purdue, three first-place votes. They are in third in that preseason poll. Kansas won, Duke two, Purdue and Michigan State three, four. How about Marquette at five? Who's our caller that's a big Marquette fan? Ah, Steve. Ah, Steve. You'll you'll get right to that round of 32, Steve. Don't worry about it. Marquette (laughs) will will shock you. He'll get you right to the round of 32. The defending champs. (laughs) Shaka always is wearing like long sleeves. He looks like me in golf tryouts back in the day, wearing long sleeves on the sidelines. He does wear long sleeves. Does he sweat a lot? I I, I don't know. Is he trying to protect something? He He is pretty intense on the sidelines. Who's uh, just, yeah, oh, well, of course he is. He's Shaka Smart. UConn at six, the defending champs. Florida Atlantic, Dusty May at number 10. Again, just two Big Ten teams in the top 24. You got to go to 25 with Illinois to find them there. Then receiving votes would be Wisconsin at 26, Maryland at 30, Indiana at 40. Any surprise there? Purdue at three, Indiana uh, n- 15th in yeah, receiving votes? No, I don't I don't really think so. I mean, you knew Indiana wouldn't be top 25. I thought they might get a couple more than just three. Um, you know, I don't know. Xavier had eight. Memphis had seven, for instance. Missouri, six. So I thought it might be a number that looked like that. Uh, Purdue, no. I'm not surprised. They're three. Zach Eady comes back. You know what that means. I mean, the one, and I know, you know, listen, if you want to have some fun with it, this is the lowest pre Preseason AP ranking that John Calipari's had at Kentucky. They're 16. I was going to say they were not even in the top 10. No, they're 16. There. This is the it's the lowest since he's taken over there. What back in 2009. Now the Peaksters are coming after you, okay? Yeah, listen, Kentucky people think they're getting boogie flan. I don't know they what to tell you. Hoosier hysteria is this Friday, Midnight Madness. It's Indiana and UND, the Fighting Paul Casaros coming up a week from Sunday. That's the first exhibition game. But it's, you know, the version of Midnight Madness this oh, Friday. I know. And they're saying boogie's I know. committing that day. Listen, for a reason. well, I mean, after uh, you just had, was it Liam McNeely just committed? And then he commits, and hours later, not even a day later, boogie flan comes out and says, okay, I'm ready to commit to. Friday at 2 o'clock, you have uh, the Midnight Madness there, you know, on Friday in Bloomington, which, by the way, if I didn't have a small child right now, I'd love to go to I'd love to go to that. I love you the, a Midnight Master? Uh, yeah, I'd love to go to that. I've been to Kentucky's, Louisville's done midnight something. Midnight Mass like it was Christmas. <laughs> like midnight was, Madness. Like I was going to pray uh, to to Woody. No. Pray to the Peaks. Um, no, board. what I got from uh, Rivals, look for Kentucky to feel good on Friday. That's all. That's all. It's a Tuesday. Things can happen. NIL can happen. But this is what we need. We need an Indiana-Kentucky battle for a five-star. Right up our alley. Yeah, or at least right perfect. up my alley, I guess. This is at Message Board Central Let's right go, now Peaks. as we await for that. All right, on the other side, the big Colts news from last night. We'll share that with you. A couple of other injury updates 
uh, to get to as well. A little bit of an overcast start to this Tuesday morning here in Indy. It is the wake-up call of KB and Andy. Sam Fritz filling in for Mark Dykta. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Hey, appreciate Rick Carlisle joining us. Cannot wait to follow them this season. Again, that final preseason game uh, at GameBridge on Friday, and then, you know, we get cooking. Washington coming into town on a Wednesday. Go ahead. You're pointing at me. What do Rick we have Carlisle here? going to join us next Wednesday. There we go. Or, excuse me, next Tuesday, 8 o'clock. Um, so, Tuesdays at 8? I don't know. Seemed to be a little bit of a thing with Rick Carlisle. We'll I love it. continue that. Obviously, their schedule dictates a lot of that travel-wise coming up in season, but ahead of their season opener next Wednesday, Rick Carlisle will join us Tuesday, same time as today at 8 o'clock. I love that. Uh, they go to Cleveland. I love that. You ever been in the Cleveland? Uh, this, I don't know what they call it now. It's not the gun no, arena. No, that is PTSD uh, for yeah. me because <laughs> that was Notre Dame, Kentucky oh, Elite Oh, yeah, it was. I was going to say, okay. Ryan Bowen yeah. and I had Final Four tickets okay. to that Final Four, which was I'm right sorry. here yeah. at Lucas Oil. I was there. You were there. For 48 hours, we debated. You know, they beat, was it Wichita? I think they beat Wichita. Wichita State, I think, beat Indiana in the second round. Notre yeah. Dame really dominated Wichita State in the Sweet 16. And for 48 hours, we thought, do we drive to Cleveland? Do we drive to Cleveland? Do we drive? And we said, nope. We're going to watch it on our couch. We're going to cheer. <laughs> we're going to hold hands if we need to. And we're going to go to the Final Four next week and watch our Irish. It was, it was March. And for 38 minutes, I thought that was Sam, you'd have loved it. It was March. And uh, there was like some like Flamingo Island bar this close to the arena. Game and, still and, pisses me and off. And we did our afternoon show there, and it was snowing. And I, I just remember it snowing in mid March in Cleveland and thought, man, this is hell. I should this have slept Cle- in the snow. This is Cleveland hell. It's night. snowing in late March. I won't bring it up. I like the stadium. Let's go Pacers. Come on. Get that win over Donnie. Toss Donnie a qu- Mitchell. question yesterday to Shane Steichen in relation to Sunday's game plan. And we'll get back into the Anthony Richardson you know, news of the night here in just a second. But, you know, exiting Sunday, Andy, obviously Gardner Minshew was terrible. I, I think that's pretty darn clear, and we touched on that a lot yesterday. But I also felt like I'd, we would not get to halftime of Sunday and see 25 pass attempts for Minshew and see eight combined carries for Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss. Right now, I don't think anyone would disagree with a strength of your football team is much more Taylor Moss than it is the right arm of Minshew. So, you know, I figured I'd toss the question to Shane. Again, I don't look at the 55 pass attempt number. That gets skewed in the second Mm -hmm. half. You were throwing the ball all over the yard in the fourth quarter. Let's just look at the first half. Game still very much in doubt two-score game, et cetera, et cetera. Any regret over 25 pass attempts in that first half? It was Shane Steichen's longest answer of the press conference setting yesterday. I looked at the uh, word count after I got done. A 142-word <laughs> answer. That's pretty good for Steichen, man. That is a You did some journalism yesterday. For Shane Steichen. It is. What have you learned about Shane Steichen in post-game 
or even Monday press conferences. If you're going to ask him any sort of potential criticism on the game, he is very quickly to do what? Well, taking him on himself, right? I got to do better. Fall or, on the sword. Yeah, fall on the sword, and he does so in about nine seconds. In he a nine-second soundbite, he'll do it <laughs> at three different times. Right, in a nine seconds. So you don't know bite. what the truth really is to anything. One hundred and forty-two words. I did not hear him blame the coaching staff one time during that one hundred and forty-two word answer. What does that say to me? Indirectly, it says the quarterback was terrible, and it was the right game plan, and the quarterback just didn't execute that again that's me reading into it I want to make that very clear that is not Shane Steichen's words but in those settings Andy again he is very quick to mention you know late in the game uh you know Bob Kravitz asked him yesterday you kind of short kicked it there late and that contributed to the Jamal Agnew Mm -hmm. big kick return again blame the coaching Mm -hmm. we've got to coach that better yeah yeah Uh, (laughs) he did not say that in regards to the approach of heavy heavy pass versus little run and again I think Minshew certainly did not play well. I want to make that very clear. He's probably the biggest culprit. But I also don't think you gave yourself a chance to even be two-dimensional, to try and impose some early body blows on Jacksonville. How many times, and Andy, you've seen it from afar, but you obviously know what Jonathan Taylor has done in the NFL. I can't tell you how many games the Colts have had with Taylor where they've gotten to halftime and Taylor's uh, 10 carries for 23 yards. But then he breaks one in the second half. Mm-hmm. Then he, you know, he hits the forty yard. That's yarder. a Barry Sanders effect. He hits That's the what he did. Yarder. Yeah, I mean, you saw it with Saquon yeah. on Sunday oh, yeah. night. Saquon, yeah, it was he's a very much that early start to the Giants, and then boom, fourth quarter, body blows. Saquon hits you with a couple of big ones there. That was what I did not understand. But you know, judging by Shane Steichen's answer yesterday, Andy. Uh, that is squarely on Gardner Minshew. All right, so we don't have the one that you asked, but we do have Steichen on Minshew. And it is 24 seconds, which is a lot for Shane Steichen, okay? This is a lot of time for Steichen. Uh, I think really just it comes down to execution. Um, you know, all, all of us, coaches, players, um, executing at a high level. Um, got a ton of faith in Gardner, obviously. You know, you know, he wishes he could have played better. I wish I could have coached better. Um, and so we learned from those. You know, obviously yesterday wasn't our best performance. Uh, but we learned from it, and we got a lot of football left, um, and we got to do a good job as coaches and and players going out and executing. Someone messaged me yesterday <laughs> about Minshew, Andy, and I thought it was a great way to describe it. Uh, they go, he went from serviceable to disaster. <laughs> well, it's the NFL. So I mean, Sixty he, he minutes that, of football. I, listen, I, I mean, know. Go back to the Baltimore game. Baltimore I, game, you would say serviceable. Maybe that you know it, well, he, he was fine. He, he didn't. His he, mistakes ended up helping them. Him well, going out the back of yes, the end zone actually kind of helped them. But in, in the, the end. game, he chucked it fifty times. He sure. didn't throw it. You know, throw any picks. We I didn't talk about it after the game. Oh my God, how much right. did he throw the football? He allowed for Matt Gay to try and win. You yes, the game. he did. And, and Matt Gay did that. So again, was it an anomaly? The back of the baseball card would say it's an anomaly. Now, the number one ranked defense in the NFL coming in here might say that's a two-week anomaly, depending on what you see from Cleveland. Cleveland, though, has not been a very turnover-centric defense. They've just been, we're just going to beat you up, three and out, three and out, three and out. So, obviously, that'll be a big one to watch. On Sunday, um, I saw the one and a half point favorite. I believe. Yeah, I think it's star- it's one and a half two. I, I've seen it. I've seen it that much. You know, I wonder a couple things, uh, and we'll keep this conversation going. Reminder: Nate Atkins going to join us here in about twenty minutes. You know, for me, I was wondering a, a couple things. Number one, you mentioned Cleveland. Does Cleveland being so good defensively? Does that mean you? 
you go ground and pound more knowing that this is a game that might be more 19 to 16, yeah, more 13 is, to 10 yeah, this is gonna type be football game. Oh, yeah. First like one this, of the teens wins. Yeah, like this is a 1990s type of game. This is not a new aired out game. I don't know. He could come out and throw the ball 48 times. Well, I have it, no idea what they're going to do. I mean, to me, if Braden Smith's going to be iffy and we'll see how that hip injury progresses through the week. I mean, Miles Garrett and Zadarius Smith and that defensive front, I, I just don't think you want to be in situations where they're pinning their ears back. And no, you're third and seven and suddenly you're in trouble there right there's an element of like you've got to try and dictate and I don't even feel like they walked into Sunday trying to dictate with what their strength is on page there's not many offensive strengths clearly if you have one it's Taylor and Moss and so that's where I think you got to at least attempt to try and do that and you know part of what the run game is early game sacrifice for late game reward that, that that's some of the thinking when you commit to a running attack and obviously they did not do that on Sunday. Sam Fritz, you had a very interesting Anthony Richardson-related storyline that I definitely want to get to here next. Um, maybe a little tease on that, Sam, if you don't mind. Yeah, I guess my main question is that let's all assume here collectively in this room that no matter what, Richardson will be the starting quarterback again next season, right? If that's the case, what does that change about the goal of this season? We all, I think, collectively knew that this season wasn't going to be a deep playoff run, here comes a Super Bowl, go Colts. But we all wanted to see Richardson prove himself, and collectively I think everybody has said the potential's there. So we should still be approaching the season with what pieces are we going to get around Richardson next year as opposed to, you know, hanging up on, well, this season's a bust now. Yeah, the, the central piece, obviously it's a huge disappointment that it looks like he won't play again the rest of this season, but... I think it's a very fine point to bring up of plenty of other pieces need to be found. And some of them, obviously, you'll try to find elsewhere in future drafts, trades, et cetera, free agency, whatnot. But, Andy, obviously on your own roster, you're looking for those guys. And that's why the Michael Pittman conversation with Nate Atkins coming up at the top of the hour is one that I want to focus on. Let's answer his question on the other end. Just to clean up this, I think the main thing on how they need to win games, and maybe they need to win ugly, and maybe on the passing, the short passes specifically with Minshew, uh, he sees those to Steichen as safe. To me, unleashing Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor, specifically Taylor, who you just gave the money to, and I know Moss has been great. To me, that's the formula to everything, right? I mean, to it, right? Instead of it starting with Anthony Richardson, now to me, it starts with unleashing those two guys. And now that he's got, you know, a couple weeks of practice and a couple games under him, like I'm wanting to see more of Jonathan Taylor against the Browns. That's what I am wanting to see. Yeah. And I, I do think, you know, we saw the uptick, pretty much a split for Taylor and Moss on Sunday. Does that continue to be more in the Taylor direction of 70, 30, mm-hmm. 80, 20 here moving forward? Again, the latest on Anthony Richardson from last night. We'll share that with you. On the other side, it is the wake-up call of KB and Andy right here on 93.5175. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation.
Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The fan. Yeah, Colts and Browns. We're talking about it along with the Anthony Richardson injury. Reminder, all that pregame coverage on Sunday. Colts and Browns, 9 a.m. pregame, game, postgame. We got you covered. Uh, again, the news today. Uh, Stephen Holder getting some quotes from Jim Ursay. Uh, Chap also had a story up as well, I believe it was on the Fox website, uh, about a timetable. Anthony Richardson, it's all leaning towards season-ending surgery. And what we've said, and Nate Atkins will join us here in about 10 minutes. Uh, you know, KB and I have looked at each other. It's just been an absolute bummer. We were hoping to learn so much about Anthony Richardson, the team, what they needed to go around him, what kind of pieces they had around him that you felt really good about. And now it's going to be Gardner Minshew, you would imagine, for the next couple months. Yeah, for those just joining us, just waking up with us again, Stephen Holder last night via Jim Ursay, and I quote, and this is Ursay saying this, the most likelihood is he's probably going to be gone for the year. I mean, it's not definite, but he probably misses this year, and we're going to have to contend with that factor. There's debate going, but it's probably going to lead towards surgery in the next week or so. We're just trying to figure out exactly how and when and what we want to do and what Anthony wants to do. Holder did add that there still are conversations with doctors across the country ongoing. Certainly Richardson's camp doing their homework as well. Um, we'll add that Mike Chappell spoke with Jim Irsay later and said that surgery likely in the next five to ten days for Richardson. No decision has been made, but surgery is likely, and that probably means missing the rest of the season. That's where we're at, but it's not certain yet. So that is the latest Anthony Richardson-related Again, Sam Fritz brought this up to us uh, in a previous break. And, Sam, go ahead and touch on this again. You know, from a storyline standpoint, let's remove the Richardson piece for a minute here. That's where you kind of wanted to go down that particular path. Right, essentially. I just thought, you know, let's let's all assume Richardson will be the quarterback of this team next season. So, with that in mind, the goal of this season doesn't change, which is what other pieces need to be locked in to make this a competitive team. I think... With Moss firing on all cylinders, Taylor signed, we don't even have to worry about the running back situation. So now you've got, what, O-line, D-line, bat, defensive backs, receivers, that kind of, those la- final questions, what's the final pieces that really need to be addressed to so that we can enter next season saying, all right, go Colts, Super Bowl champions. Yeah, the only thing I would push back on before getting into those other storylines is, again, to me, the most important goal was Richardson's development and not the pieces around him. That was part of it. Pieces around him, certainly part of it. But for me, it was strictly reps, time on task, um, all of those things. Again, exposing the eyes, if you will. It's a phrase that I used earlier. Just get into... Virgin eyes, I believe. Virgin eyes is what I said. Wait wait a minute. You said virgin Uh, eyes earlier today. And then I changed to expose. At 708, we did an odd uh, 702 segment today. Yeah, that that might need to be in the best (laughs) of, Sam, on on that for today. Uh, But other storylines, you just brought up Jonathan Taylor, okay? That was a storyline entering the season. How would it play out, okay? He's under contract for the next three years. Now you go down the list, Andy, 
Uh, okay, Michael Pittman in a contract mm-hmm. year. Uh, you know, one that I think is just a huge, huge deal for the future around Richardson. You talk premium positions. Bernard Ryman in year two. Quiddy Pay in year three. Those two guys, respectively. Again, I feel better about Ryman than I do Pay. Kind of did at the start of the year. Been a flash or two from Quiddy early on. Not as much here as of late. Again, that side of it. Left tackle, edge rusher. What does that look like? Then you get into the defensive guys in contract years. Grover Stewart, mm-hmm. Kenny Moore, and then I think a pseudo contract year for Shaquille Leonard. When you look at his contract situation, um, I did think yesterday, or excuse me, Sunday was better from Leonard, but granted the bar was pretty low. And he was second on the team in tackles, I believe. Up until this point. So how does he play out the rest of the year? Um, and then I go to corner and it hasn't been perfect, but I like what I've seen from Juju Brent so far. 100%. That highly was the name I was going to bring up. Yep. Highly competitive, right around the football. Um, again, a bit of baptism by fire, Andy, from how much oh, time put, he missed this offseason. Put off him out there against good wide receivers. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah, I am let's all see in him. on the youth movement at corner because he kind of falls. You know, I put Ryman and Pay in a separate category, Andy, because they're a little bit deeper into their NFL careers. But Brents is in that as well because he plays a premium position. Now, he's a rookie, so I don't want to put that pressure on him just yet. But you know, he would be another one. So, any of those. I mean, I, I still think you got a half dozen of seven other storylines. But again, nothing supersedes Richardson and his development. Yeah, you know, it's funny. It's like Sam and I are on the same uh, same wavelength. I wrote down: um, Are they are they screwed? Are the Colts screwed here, or has the mission? of helping your quarterback has that really changed in other words in other words Sam I I agree with what you're saying and out of the other side of my mouth I disagree because I'm with KB that you know what is this season now that Anthony Richardson is going to be gone is it winning the AFC South I mean perhaps although the thought process of you doing so with Gardner Minshew sure seems a lot more grim this week than it did last week. And so, you know, figuring out what the Colts are, figuring out what the season is going to kind of, what the mission statement is going to be, I still feel like that is a little bit TBA. Now, giving that if we move AR aside that we're not going to have him, we go down the checklist. And KB, you just went down the checklist. And so absolutely, I think we can find out about other things on this roster, you know, we can find out about Juju Brents without, you know, Anthony Richardson having to play 17 games or playing seven quarters. And I think we all understand that. So uh, to me, it was all about what can help a rookie quarterback. And now it's what has changed that it's Minshew? How do they help him? And that goes to seeing, I think, a healthy dose of Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss. And, and that's gameplay, and that's, you know, the Browns come to town. How is it going to be different? I mean, sure, there are a ton of storylines. The offensive line, are they going to continue to be good? I mean, they were bad last year. Yeah. Are they going to, you know, continue, uh, you know, left tackle? Is that in a good spot? Josh Downs has acclimated so very well to the NFL. I think Pittman's doing what Pittman does, right? I mean, I, I think Pittman's doing, you know, nine catches, 109 yards, being the best uh, pass catcher. You know, you know Pierre getting injured, you're not going to get too much data on him, especially if he misses two weeks, a month, whatever it may be. So to me, it's like, what is the season now going to be? And we'll have to figure that out. And, you know, the Cleveland game and the Saints game the next couple weeks is going to prove that. And then it was going to have to be helping the rookie quarterback. Now it's going to be helping the limited veteran quarterback that brings, you know, a different style and how that changes the gameplay. To me, it changes you need to run the football, maybe win ugly. Well, Uh, That might be how you do it. I don't know. 
well. I always come back to these two words with Richardson, development and support. And, and you could put them in, in, in either order. I think both of them are equally as important. And honestly, they probably go hand in hand. Well, development now is on the back burner. In, in all likelihood, we're not going to see that the rest of the season. So now it's support. How do you support him moving forward? And to me, that is personnel-based. And while they are, there are a ton of very important storylines the rest of the season, in my opinion, to monitor as we just laid out over the past, you know, three or four minutes. We'll get to the end of the year, Andy. And I know there are some people out there that just want rose petals and they want to be, you know, all everything's great. Sure. Go There's Coles. gonna be an emptiness to this season. 100%. No matter what happens hundred percent the rest of the way, there will be an emptiness. God bless Colleen Bow and my mother. But after every golf match, if I would have shot thirty five or forty five, <laughs> she would have acted like you played unbelievable. Like you're Phil Mickelson. And, and part of me wanted to say, Mom, I just <laughs> shot 43. That's not good. I went John Vandeveld. Yeah, yeah, well, luckily. <laughs> There's a name from the past. Yeah, Sam, does, you don't know who that is. You know who Sammy Vandeveld is? Uh, Sam, wait, Sammy or wait, Vandeveld what's, now? No, what's his first Jean. name? My Jean, Jean, Jean Vandeveld. No idea. He butchered, what was it, the British Open? Oh, yeah, butchered it as putting it lightly. Yeah, he was up by a triple ton of strokes. On the he, tri- he triple bogeyed on the 18. He tried to shoot a ball out of the out of a river, basically out of a, burn. Out of a creek, a crick. So again, we're going to get to the end of the season. <laughs> it's an empty feeling. And even if you go eight and nine, nine right. and eight, whatever you want to define as successful for Shane Steichen from a win loss standpoint, and there can be a lot of feel good, quitty pay, Bernard Ryman, Juju Brents, Michael Pittman, et cetera, et cetera. The still empty feeling of Richardson playing again. For those that missed it earlier, 173 snaps. That's what Richardson has played so far. If you go off of last year's total, 39 Colts played more than 173 snaps. If you would have told us at the start of the year, 39 Colts will play more than Anthony Richardson at the end of the year, that will not have been a good situation at all. Again, on the other side, Nate Atkins, he got up with Michael Pittman. In the locker room late last week, I thought some pretty candid Pittman-related comments to Jonathan Taylor. We'll touch on that here next. Yeah, yeah, been a fun one. 9 o'clock hour broadcasting live from the DriveHubler.com studios. Appreciate Rick Carlisle joining us last hour. If you want to check out that, you can. The Podcast Center, 1075thefan.com, Apple, or wherever you Android people like Sam uh, get your pod, <laughs> get your podcast. Uh, go ahead, uh, SoundCloud. There Which, you go. Which, once again, is anywhere uh, else. Uh, I know. I'm just being uh, an arrogant person when it comes to that. So, uh, good stuff as well. Reminder, Query and Company coming your way today at new JMV broadcasting live at three o'clock. All right, let's head on back out to the Payless Liquors Hotline. Nate Atkins covers the Colts for the uh, Indianapolis Star, and he joins us here on the program. Nate, good morning. How are you today, sir? I'm doing good, man. Just got back from Jacksonville yesterday. It's uh, kind of amazing. We're already six games down, but a very different conversation about this team than just a couple weeks ago, which is kind of how it goes around here, I've learned since I came on this week. Nate, obviously a ton of avenues we can go, but you know when I texted you it was, uh, about coming on, it was honestly more related to Michael Pittman. So <laughs> we've talked a lot Anthony Richardson related, so I want to focus on Pittman here for just a second. Um, I thought you had a great story with him and caught up with him late last week about his thoughts in relation to Jonathan Taylor. From me reading your story, I felt like it was the most candid Pittman has been about – Uh, maybe contract situations in general, 
maybe not necessarily his own, but contract situations in general throughout this process. What was the vibe you got in listening to Pittman talk about Taylor and, and really what Taylor did to get that second contract? Yeah, that was a conversation with uh, Michael that I've been waiting to have for a while. We never really have gotten into uh, the Jonathan Taylor end of this. You know, we, we talked to him back in training camp about just being a, in a contract year, you know, and everywhere that he's, he's talked about it, he kind of had the, the outlook that, that I was always expecting out of him, which is he's looking for his best season. Uh, you know, he's, he, he didn't feel like that was out there yet. He didn't seem to have a lot to worry about. And it's sort of, to me, matching that up with, with what Jonathan Taylor was starting to go through in training camp really underscored kind of the difference in their positions, wide receiver versus running back. And so I wanted to catch up with him now that we, we saw this come through. And that was, you know, right off the bat, as he, when we were talking, he starts getting into, you know, just that that he was proud of Jonathan for taking it to the level that he took it to. And he felt like that became a model for other players to want to get paid when things aren't coming their way so easily. And it was interesting when he said in there that, you know, teams identify who their guys are and who their guys aren't. And you can kind of tell that fairly early on. And it seemed like he was implying that, you know, that, that, that Jonathan wanted, obviously always wanted to be one of those guys, expected to be one of those guys. I think they all, as players, expected that. And then it wasn't going that way this, uh, this spring and summer, you know, until Jonathan Taylor decided to, you know, take some decently drastic measures where, you know, he – uh, requests the trade. Uh, you know, he, he spent time away from the team during his rehab, uh, really strung the rehab out and wasn't really around the team at all and made it to the point where they had to decide, you know, do we extend this player now or do we trade this player or do we deal with this awkwardness for the final, you know, final 13 games or so that he can play and eventually they, they decided to extend him and he ended up getting, you know, a contract that's, third at his position for average annual value. And so, uh, you know, Pittman's interesting uh, on this stuff all the time because he grew up, you know, the son of an NFL running back. He's gotten to see firsthand the way that that position has changed from being the bread and butter of the NFL to a place where backs can barely get anything done. And so he, he's kind of grown up. It's part of why he actually started playing wide receivers. His dad saw that as a more advantageous route and also the fact that Pittman's too tall to play running back. But uh, I think he always looked at, uh, he's always looked at this game a little differently because of that upbringing. He's very, very knowledgeable on, on kind of contracts and the business side of it. And he's always been uh, kind of had an eye on that. And so it was, it was definitely fascinating to hear him kind of be open talking about how uh, sometimes you have to take it to this level and be willing to fight for something when the team isn't identifying you as one of their guys. Yeah, Nate Atkins is with us here from the Indianapolis Star. Caught up with Michael Pittman late last week in regards to Jonathan Taylor's contract situation. I want to focus on this for just a little bit more, if you don't mind, Nate. Um, I think Chris Boward is a huge, huge Michael Pittman fan. I think he loves the way he plays the game, all of that stuff. And, and I'm reading your, your story, and Pittman had a quote in there that said, every player can take a page out of Taylor's book. That's obviously a pretty jarring quote when you read it. I might push back on that because, and somebody asked me this right after the Taylor contract situation played out, you know, whatever, a week and a half ago, and they said, does this send a bad precedent to the locker room? And I said no because my counter to that is who in the Colts locker room or or many locker rooms around the league can present a resume like Taylor had, which was franchise setter and rushing yards, 
you know, the best yards per carry the NFL has seen through three seasons to start a career. Not everybody has that. I mean, Michael Pittman, yes, you know, quarterbacks haven't helped him out, but he hasn't really even sniffed a Pro Bowl here. So I'm curious, that specific quote, every player can take a page out of his book. Do you think the Taylor contract sends a precedent that all of a sudden Chris Bauer is going to have to walk a little bit more of a difficult line with guys wanting extensions, even though their resume not might not garner it? Yeah, I had interpreted it kind of similar to you in that it's just a different conversation with an all-pro player who had the expectations of an extension like Taylor did. He really was shocked to find out that he wasn't a foundational piece in their eyes. And there's not a lot of pl- ton of players that can quite take it to that level. But I think where it gets, uh, where it gets interesting is the, the thing that was always hanging in the middle of this with Taylor and the Colts was the franchise tag. And Jonathan Taylor asked, Chris Ballard in the Colts that they would at least promise to take that off the table before he came back and played his final contract year out. And they were not willing to make that guarantee. You know, they weren't saying they were going to use it, but they weren't, they weren't willing to come out and say, we're not going to use it. It's out there and they can use it on one player every off season. And so that became the real sticking point for Jonathan Taylor as he looked out and thought, okay, they can sort of just rent me year by year and they can control the mileage and they can, you know, and running backs are in this tough spot where, you know, when the more that you carry, the more volume you produce, you know, the more it hurts you, where that's not the case in other positions. At wide receiver, no one's going to say, you know, Michael Pittman Jr. caught 105 passes, so he's worse this year than he was the year before. So it is a little specific to running backs in that way, but I do think the franchise tag is one of those where they haven't used that in a while, but they can. And now – you know, that they signed Jonathan Taylor, they're not going to use it on him. It's If there is a candidate to use it on, you would think uh, Michael Pittman Jr. might be that guy. And so I certainly thought about that as I was talking with Pittman on, you know, what what exactly that means about taking his model. And I do think it comes mostly comes down to not something super specific to position or situation so much as uh, when you when you feel like you want to get some resolution, some certainty, some clarity on where you're going in the uh, with a team, you know you can you can have some of those kind of conversations, and there are there is leverage on the player side to get some answers for that, you know, because I think it's been painted a lot, especially with running backs, that they just all they can do is sit there and show up and play the games, and uh, and they're under the control of the team, and that's it, and. Taylor took it to a level where he showed that that's not necessarily true if you're a good enough player. And so if you're a good enough player to be a guy that they want to franchise tag, I think the implication is that you do have some leverage. You do have some ability to force some decisions because at the end of the day, you are sort of the boss of, of your uh, availability, your, you know, how much you're involved with a team. And that's the kind of thing that he especially wanted other running backs to, to kind of take that stand and make it better for everybody. But, uh, but he also didn't make it specific to running backs. He felt like other players that are in, you know, at least in the conversation of a big extension like Taylor was, that they could take some of this with them too. Yeah, and just to put a cap on the uh, the Pittman conversation, again, it's just through six games. He already has 40 catches, 60 targets, over 400 yards, and the touchdown in week one. I mean, even though it's shuffling of quarterbacks, there's a great chance in a contract year, Pittman, guys, is going to have the best numbers of his career. Oh, yeah, easily, if, yeah. if, if he stays healthy, I mean, he's going to go up. the best start. To yeah, he's going to go up over 100, uh, t- uh, 100 uh, catches, you would imagine, probably beat last year's mark of just four touchdowns, and I think all that uh, is sitting well for him. Nate Atkins from the star with us. He 
follows the Colts. He's on the Payless Liquors Hotline on a Tuesday. Uh, now the AR news. Let's get to the big story today. We talked much of the show about it, Nate. Um, yeah, it's such a generic question. What do you find interesting with uh, Ursay, you know, publicly now? Hey, looks like it's going to be season-ending surgery. I don't think that's a total surprise, but now it kind of leaves an emptiness to this season. What do you make of uh, all the noise around a potential surgery here in the next week, week and a half or so? Yeah, I saw those comments that uh, Jim Irsay made about ESPN and The Athletic about you know how it's probably headed toward an ending, a season-ending surgery, but they're still figuring it out. And that's sort of been the vibe within the building is that they were – there was so much talk around uh, around the Colts facility about finding whatever that path is to getting Anthony Richardson right, absent of how long it takes to get him back or you know whether that's this year or next year. All, timeline almost was – kind of not a factor compared to what is the route to where when he gets back on the field and he's using that shoulder and he's dropping back and he's learning how to be, uh, you know, a, a more of an NFL passer, what's the route to get him in the best possible spot to do that? And it's a different conversation than other players could be in. I mean, I've seen, you know, there have been years when uh, Aaron Rodgers and Ben Roethlisberger have dealt with injuries like this or similar, maybe different grades, but they decided those teams, you know, were – in, in the hunt for something, they came into the year expecting to contend, and those are quarterbacks who had developed games. They weren't, you know, still trying to learn habits and muscle memory, so they were willing to play through pain in the, you know, in the in the chase of contending and in going after a Super Bowl. And this is different, both in the sense that uh, number one, it's hard to envision the Colts being in that same position if they have to play months on end without Anthony Richardson, at least based on what we saw on Sunday in Jacksonville in their passing game. And then the other, the bigger thing though, is just that this is a quarterback that has, uh, you know, played like basically 12 total yeah. quarters. In Almost the none. And, yeah. And, and I guess total, what total starts he's played, uh, you know, like 16 since high school, uh, something like that. So it's like, he, he does not have really anything built up consistently in terms of his drop back passing game, there's certainly been flashes that, that we, that you can be encouraged by, but what they don't, what they, the main thing that they want to avoid is bringing him back to where he's playing through pain. He's playing with something lesser than, you know, a fully capable shoulder in the throwing shoulder. And that's the way that he's going to learn who he is as a pastor and who he's not as a player while also trying to navigate this developing conversation about staying healthy on the field, taking the proper uh, chances in the run game without overly exposing. They just are going to really confuse a 21-year-old player to bring him back, you know, not near healthy, and then ask him to manage all that at the same time when there's also not this sort of, uh, you know, goal on the line to, to necessarily win something this year or he may come back where, where it feels a little too late to do that. So that's really what it comes down to is them deciding, do we get surgery, which is how you repair this and give it the time to heal after surgery, or do we manage the pain and, and manage what's going on and, and bring them back when it's you know technically possible to play through but very difficult? And that, that conversation, I think, is just so different for a 21-year-old rookie than it would be for someone like Aaron Rodgers or Ben Roethlisberger. Nate, last one from me. And again, Nate Atkins from the Indianapolis Stars with us. Appreciate you making time for us here on this Tuesday morning. Um, maybe the Stephon Gilmore play from last night has me thinking this. Maybe it's because we're two weeks from the NFL trade deadline. But when I think of the trade deadline with the Colts, I'm very curious uh, your thoughts on if you think 
anything would occur, I can probably, I mean, they're a three and three football team with a very manageable schedule the rest of the way. I could probably hear both sides of the buy sell debate. Um, again, last year, I thought Gilmore would have been the perfect guy to sell. We didn't see that at the deadline. We saw it after the year. We saw Naheem Hines obviously move at the deadline. Um, a position, a player, a contract, anything jump out to you? I know typically the NFL trade deadline is pretty quiet. Obviously, the, the McCaffrey one is the big one last year at this time. But anything you're keeping an eye on here over the next two weeks? Well, if you'd asked me like 10 days ago, I would have said a certain <laughs> running back. But uh, I think we're past that at least. Mercifully. So I feel like they, <laughs> thankfully, uh, I think they wanted to make some decisions so that they were less active at the trade deadline this year once once things came down to it. But it is interesting because I think they also, part of the timing with Jonathan Taylor's contract was that they really felt like they had something with Anthony Richardson and the offense chain second was building. And if that could have played out a little bit longer – and, you know, they maybe they win one of these games and they're they're right there in the thick of the division race. I think that's where you could look at it and say, you know, this team really, I was starting to think they were really like a cornerback or two away from really being something. I mean, you think you could really have bought into the run game they were building, the improved offensive line play, uh, the explosiveness on offense, and then a lot of what they have on defense, you know, in, the, in run defense and along the defensive line. So, it's possible that they could still look that way because it feels like uh, absent of trading for a quarterback, which doesn't really happen, uh, and I don't think, you know, especially when you have one for the long term in Anthony Richardson, I think cornerback would be the obvious place where they could go out and say, you know, we need a veteran. We need a guy that we can really trust reliably. We just flat out need numbers there because you notice on Sunday when Juju Brents went out, it was just for a few plays. It, it was a scary moment, you know, and you realized how – just how dependent they are on a second round rookie to be their number one corner when you know they they didn't start the year with him out there playing and now he's playing very well but it just underscored how they don't really have those guys that they can go up against a passing game like the Jaguars or like they'll eventually see the Bengals and other teams that think that you know that they can go toe-to-toe and that this is a contending type of situation but I think that conversation is going to change based on what they do with their quarterback, where if, if they're if they're going to decide um, kind of what Jim Mercy has been hinting at, if they're going to decide to do the surgery and play it for the long term and not look at this season, I don't think they're going to then give up draft capital to go after another position unless they just feel like that position is so much of a problem that they just they really need to go get something in there uh, just to, to sort of resolve it. That's what the Bears tried last year when they were out of it, you know, in the standings where they went after Chase Claypool. And of course that did not work out. So <laughs> I, I, I don't think that that's really Chris Ballard's style is to, uh, to throw good draft capital out there when they don't feel like they're in the conversation. Uh, but I do, but it's interesting because I think that it, it totally might've changed if not for this Anthony Richardson injury, because I think the Jonathan Taylor extension was already one sign of them already buying into a team that, uh, that that was all of a sudden a lot better than they initially thought, and things have just gone a little haywire since then, unfortunately. I, I just want to, I mean, Nate. We need to let you go. I just that to me, what you're saying when we talk about buying or selling, or you know, kind of the thoughts that they had. Hey, we have something here. We're winning games. We have Minshew who can come in. Like now that AR is off the table, I think everyone is trying to figure out like what this season is all about, right? 
We're having to, you know, after six weeks, we're having to all sit here and figure out, are they buyers? Are they sellers? Do they think they still have something? They pay JT and then AR goes out. Like, like everything has had to be recalibrated here in the last, you know, what, in the last week or so. In the last week or so, we're having to figure out, okay, what is this Colts team? What is, you know, what are the next few months, given that they're not going to have their quarterback? And and I don't know the answer, but, but Nate, I think you're spot on with what you're saying. I really do. Yeah, it's interesting. There are teams that want to move the trade deadline back because it, it feels early to make some of these decisions. And one time I covered a, a Lions team in a somewhat similar spot, first-year head coach and Matt Patricia, where they decided to do both. They bought and sold. Uh, they, were, they couldn't quite figure it out. They traded Golden Tate away, and then they traded for Stax Harrison. And it was all kind of confusing. Oh, yeah. And so this, this happens sometimes, and I think, it, like it says, it's week to week where like just eight, eight days ago or so, I think you really could have talked yourself into something different about the long-term potential of this season versus where they're at now just based on the most important position. Yeah, I mean, when you compare it to Major League Baseball or the NFL or, or the NBA, it's a much earlier trade deadline, you know, much more 50% of the season, whereas Major League Baseball and certainly the NBA, it's, it's deeper into the, kind of that two-thirds or three-fourths of the way through the year again I encourage everyone to check out Nate's I guess not his latest but go back to Friday when Nate had something on Michael Pittman and his reaction to the Jonathan Taylor contract Nate great work with that and thanks for making time appreciate it Nate yeah thanks for having me that is Nate Atkins right there on the Payless Liquors hotline I thought this is a great uh text here from Wes uh, Wes goes I would agree that Pittman doesn't have Taylor's resume but I would argue that Pittman is much more important to the Colts given the current state of their receivers and has more leverage than JT did. I would agree with hmm. that as well, and so much of, of it has so, to do yeah. just strictly with positional value and what that position means to a rookie quarterback that you know has a leg element, but you have a question about you know his throwing and, and just exactly you know what the future holds at receiver. And it's not like Alec Pierce has made you sleep any easier at night at that position either. And I am so fascinated to watch the Pittman thing play out. You know, people are going to see the numbers thrown around for him, Andy, in oh, the mid twenties. I mean, they're going to be mid twenties, creeping up to thirty mil, and they're going to no be doubt. irate. Yes, people they are. Will be absolutely hundred percent at that number. That is simply market value for the receiver position and a rising cap in today's day and age. We mentioned a few weeks ago the the, the franchise tag, Andy. If you want to slap that on him, twenty two point nine million. That's the projected value for twenty twenty four. So, don't be shocked by that. And I thought Nate brought up a good point. What will Michael Pittman Sr.'s advice be to his son? And, and I don't know. Maybe Michael's going to look at it and say, this is get, my get, situation. Get the, ba- get the bag. This is my agent. <laughs> but as a former NFL I, running back I know. who played in the league for a decade, he's going to say, son, the bag, the and bag. you immediately. You're 26. Next year, you're going to be 27 years old. Yeah, he he was just a had a birthday. older draft pick yeah. if you want to look at oh, it sure. from a no, this is standpoint. This is your chance before you get to 30. And Pittman, you know, he <laughs> Pittman can look at, he can point to all the quarterbacks he's played with. Oh, boy. Uh, I mean, he really can. And this year, like you know I said, agent's gonna do I that. mean, he's got 40 catches through six games. Uh, extrapolate that out. If he plays yeah. in all 17 games, what that could end up being. I mean, the guy's going to go over 100 catches. I don't know why I'm on this math fix lately here. Well, you're a math uh, guy. We've talked about this. 113 catches yeah. for 1150, 1,150 yards. All, all career highs, by the way. Easily be career highs there for Pittman. More of a conversation, I think, for the next couple of weeks, Andy. But again, two weeks from today. Is the NFL trade deadline? I, I agree with a lot of what Nate said there. I mean, I could understand a buy, I could understand a sell. 
you know, how do these next two weeks unfold? Will that influence anything as well? I mean, you've got some, I think you have interesting guys in contract years. Zach Moss, uh, Kenny Moore. Julian Blackman, you know, like mm-hmm. well, well, you know, Nick Cross yeah. was a third round pick just two years ago. We still have yet to really see him at all. Uh, what's the future hold for him? You know, Moelle Cox, tight end. Well, yeah, again, just some interesting names uh, to keep an eye on here over the next couple of weeks. All right, so I'm, I'm just, I know. Let's get to our check down here in a second, but I'm, I'm trying to look this up. You may know off the top of your head who is Michael Pittman's agent. Ooh, I would assume he is a he, he, CAA. He's not. He's an Athletes First. Athletes First, okay. Yeah, David Mulageta. Is, oh, that's is, uh, Watson's agent, right? I remember him. Is that who it is? Being in the spotlight. Deshaun Watson? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that's... That, <laughs> you got a good deal for Deshaun Mulageta's Watson. has been a guy that's represented some Colts in the oh, past. Oh, sure. So, sure. Yeah. I, I And a lot of this, too, the trickle-down effect is, okay, T. Higgins, free agent. Mike Evans, a free agent. I believe Calvin Ridley. I think that's kind of the main group. Mm-hmm. Of wide receiver free agents, obviously Evans would be on a different age. Would you rather have Pittman range. or Higgins? That's the question. You like know, that to one me. is because Evans is in debate. his thirties. Because how do you look at it, Andy? Yeah, and they were again drafted one spot. Yes, they were. The Colts would have taken Higgins had he been on the board. Um, they took Michael Pittman. And after Higgins, Higgins has went. had good quarterbacks, and he's had elite guys next to him. I so, mean, Jamar Chase is a quarterback, elite talent around him. Michael Pittman, bad quarterbacks, <laughs> not elite talent. around Not him. much talent. Yeah, yeah. So it, it, it's a tough one, it's man. A great debate. It's a great debate on that one. All right, uh, it is time, or I guess I should say in about five minutes, it's time for the pop quiz. So go ahead and give us a call, 317-239-1070. Before that, let's do a morning check down. The morning check down. Yeah, obviously, uh, morning check down. Let's start in the NFL. The Colts, uh, let's keep it there for a second. Just the Colts, uh, obviously the loss on Sunday. Anthony Richardson, will he be done for the season? Surgery in the next five to ten days. We kind of sit around and wait. We haven't played this sound this hour. Shane Steichen did have a couple comments on Anthony Richardson. Let's give you those right now. Yeah, we're still just gathering as much information as we can, Greg. I mean, this is a, you know, a decision that we want to make that's right for him uh, and the organization, you know, for his longevity. So we're still, you know, working through that process. Uh, And the other one, again, Shane, not saying too much yesterday, not saying too much on Anthony. Go ahead. It it is a priority. Obviously, we want to do what's best for him uh, in this organization, um, you know, moving forward. And uh, like I said, we'll, we'll make the decision. Uh, when the time's right, when we're still evaluating that process. Uh, so there you go. Week six of the NFL season wraps up last night. 2017 Cowboys winners over the Chargers. Cowboys fans infiltrate a stadium and the Chargers lose in the fourth quarter in a one-score game like they lose every game in the fourth quarter in a one-score game. Justin <laughs> Herbert is such a tease playing that quarterback position. Yes, he is. Uh, week seven, by the way, we've got a big one Sunday night football. Dolphins-Eagles, I would say. Finally, the Jets or Giants are not on a Sunday yeah, night game. Thank the Lord thank for God. that. Um, so nice prime timer coming up here on Sunday night. Uh, All right, last night we talked with Rick Carlisle earlier. You can check that out on the podcast. Pacers 116-112 over the Rockets in their preseason home opener. Tyrese Halliburton doing Tyrese Halliburton-type things. Again, the starting lineup, what to be expected. Halliburton, Benedict Matherin, Bruce Brown, Obi Toppin, Miles Turner. A couple of interesting items to note. It is Ben Shepard who got in with that second unit, not Jarris Walker. If you look at the first-round picks, from last year, so or I should say from this past offseason. Uh, if you want more on that, we toss those questions to Rick Carlisle, and again, that'll be up on the podcast 
here after the show. Uh, quickly, Major League Baseball Rangers winners 5-4 over Houston last night. Nathan Avaldi 3-0 with a 2-2-9 ERA. He's been one of the – he's probably been the yeah. MVP right now of the entire postseason. And then on the NL side, congratulations to our guy Sam Phillies. 5-3 winners over the Diamondbacks. The AL rest today, Phillies and Diamondbacks on the NL side coming up tonight at 8 o'clock. And lastly, the college basketball AP poll came out yesterday. The Boilermakers of Purdue in third place. What a challenge for Purdue fans this year to enjoy it yeah. until mid-March. Yeah. Good. Okay, so I, I used to have Mike DeCourcy on every week, and yeah. he'd, he'd yell and scream at me we about him on him. Yeah, yeah, about enjoying the, the, the season. I'm like, Mike, I can't. I, I It's a failure in March. It overrides almost everything in this damn sport. It really does. Well, it, it was funny. Maddie looked at me on Saturday night and was like, are, how happy are you about Notre Dame beating USC? Because she knows they're out of the playoff picture. Right. It's a gr- like, hey, By the way, that's a great question. You know, it was and it was a difficult one for me to answer on that end. Uh, I thought Matt Painter had an interesting note at Big Ten Media Day. Purdue is the only team in college basketball to go undefeated in the non-conference the oh. last two years. Now, insert every Purdue fan saying oh. I'd rather beat Fairleigh Dickinson and St. Peter's and lose a you know, game in Hawaii coming up or Portland coming up against Gonzaga or whoever. So, again, Purdue at three. The top five looks like this. Kansas, Duke, Purdue, Michigan State, and Marquette. Uh, from a Big Ten standpoint, you got to go all the way down to 25 to find the next Big Ten team. That would be Illinois 25. Wisconsin just misses the top 25. Maryland in 30th if you want to go into the receiving votes category. Indiana 40th. Uh, Indiana will play, obviously, number one Kansas and also UConn uh, on uh, neutral floor. I think it's Barkley Center, Madison Square Garden, one of the two. Coming up this year, uh, Purdue, of course, is in that loaded field that's no longer the Maui for this year, obviously with all the tragedy there with the fires that's been moved to the main island. Five of the top 11 teams in that tournament. I thought Indiana would get a couple more votes. I don't mind saying that. Getting a five-star like Mbako, I thought they would. I understand their guard situation. And then just two quick items. Kentucky at 16, the lowest they've been in an AP Top 25 preseason since John Calipari's been there. That's going all the way back, guys, to 2009. And then you've skipped over something. And, and I might I might have some merch on the way. Oh. Okay. Merch. And I know fans are going to crush me over this. People are going to crush me here. They're going to go. They're not happy about you saying boogie to Kentucky earlier. They're not going to like any of this. But my man Rick Pitino, you see him getting uh, he getting some votes, St. John's? My man Ricky P. Did they really? Oh, yeah. They're right up there. Wisconsin, Colorado, UCLA, and then St. John's. St. John's. I might have a St. John's hat coming. There was a split second I thought Notre Dame. (laughs) Rick Pitino. Oh, they absolutely should. Oh, I'd be wearing when Notre. I think I'd, of, I'd be wearing Notre Dame stuff right I now. I think of Catholic values. I think oh, of Rick Pitino. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Just values in general. Certainly, family el- values. Certainly, elite basketball coach. That there is coach, no, man. no denying that. Ooh. All right, it's time for the pop quiz. Three one seven two three nine ten seventy. I are we giving away those Toto tickets? Sorry, Sam. To he has no idea. I was, not, I was not informed. I can actually try know. and look that up real quick. We though. will look that up in the break. <laughs> might influence some calls there. Uh, 317-239-1070 for the pop quiz. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. 
Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. All right, pop quiz time. KB, you ready to roll here? You ready to go? You feeling good? Have you looked at the questions? I have hand raised our Toto ticket giveaway at uh, the end of the month. So apologies for anyone that heard that and got a little antsy there. Uh, October 30th, <laughs> we will start giving away those tickets uh, via the pop quiz. They will be at the Brown County uh, Music Center there coming up go. in February there. So definitely... Check that. Sam believes out. he's our music guy. Sam believes they're slightly underrated as a band. Right, slightly. I, I would go see Toto, Sam. I'm not saying whether or not they'd be somebody who's worth seeing. I think a lot of people, especially with how oh, Africa sure. has re-entered the pop culture zeitgeist with being a meme and everything. But you know, Rosanna doesn't get the credit it deserves anymore. Uh, Hold the line, I think, is a, a, a fantastic song. Okay. Uh, I guess we go. We've made it to the peaks.com message boards, Andy, with your comments Thank earlier God. about Boogie to Kentucky. I guess they're calling it the Kent Sterling and Andy Sweeney show. Oh wow! So it's me and Kent Sterling. You and Kent, I'm out. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> Come on, message boards are known for accuracy, if nothing else. Kent and I will have a laugh at that tomorrow. Kent Sterling, so you how Kent? about that? Yeah. Well, you know that'd be a different show. Boogie to BBN. <laughs> that was the. That's just why. Listen, I had a rivals guy say Kentucky's going to be feeling pretty good on Friday. That's all I know. I'm not. I don't follow this. I'm yeah, just. You, I'm just saying what happened. You I'm, know how the recruiting services work. You say that the message boards are going to be. Wasn't well, that good for us as a radio show? Now I, I would like for the show to be properly attributed to both of us. That no, would, I know. And maybe you don't want to be a part of that smoke that you'll get on Pigs.com. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's a lot of smoke out there. Unhappy with. I think I brought up like. <laughs> IU hasn't finished in the top 25 at Ken Palm in the last seven years. And they're like, yeah. oh, he's a hater. I'm like, well, that's just actually a fact with that That's comment. not hating. The, the program's been down until Woodson took over. It's okay to say. Uh, all right, time for the pop quiz. Um, a number one through eight, Andy Sweeney. Uh, let's go with two. Two is who? That is going to Bobby. Bobby. Bob, well, fittingly, Bobby. Bobby Knight. Hey, Bobby. Hey. hey. I uh, got... KB, I already called my wife, said, hey, get ready. We're going to see Toto. Yeah, gosh. I'm an idiot, Bobby. Bobby, if you call back in two weeks, I'll try and finagle the phone lines and get you back on, all right? All right, I'm in. Sorry about that. Uh, Any way, shape, or form you were named after Bob Knight? Uh, No, but uh, I I met him once. Oh, okay. Uh, Care to share the interaction? Positive, negative? Yeah, how did that go? Uh, uh, very positive. Uh, yeah, he was giving a speech. Got got his picture on my desk. Look at that. Nice. How about that? Are you an uh, IU fan, Bobby? Yep, IU grad and fan. Gotcha. Uh, do people care enough about the football program to buy out Tom Allen? <laughs> uh, football program? <laughs> it? It's only like 21 mil, yeah, I think, to buy him out. More, Bobby. That yeah. reaction says it all right there. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 laughable. Uh, homecoming with Rutgers, by the way, on Saturday. I saw Rutgers favored. By, <laughs> who wouldn't want to be? Who wouldn't want to be there? I think it was fifty five. degree afternoon. Rutgers in Indiana. 
you ready to go? You want sure. me to do question sure. one? All, All right, you. Bobby, let's go, Bobby. Uh, the Pacers beat the Hawks 116-112 at the Fieldhouse last night. Who was the leading scorer in the game? Was it Sadiq Bay? Was it Tyrese Halliburton? Aaron Neesmith, DeAndre Hunter. Who was the leading scorer last night? I no idea, so let's just go Halliburton. Nice player at Villanova, this guy. Mm-hmm. Villanova's uh, produced a lot of these guys in the NBA. Yeah. Um, Sadiq Bay, Tyrese Halliburton, Aaron Neesmith, DeAndre Hunter. Neesmith. It was a little depressing to see my guy Mike Bray not even on the front of the bench. He, he's oh, in he, one of the seats behind. Oh, Quinn he's Snyder's he's bench. a behind the bench know, guy. Oh, okay, that's, that was it's a tough sight. So he's to living see. the life, making he, a few hundred grand. Then is what you're telling dude, me. Just <laughs> retire, man. Uh, all right, number two here, Bobby. Who do the Pacers play in Friday night's preseason finale? Knicks, Wizards, Grizzlies, or Cavs? Uh, let's go Wizards. Geography is always kind of a big thing in these yeah. preseason matchups. You don't want to, you want to travel too much. Travel too too far. Bobby, go with the Cavs, there he goes. They, Bobby, we're trying, Bobby. Bobby. All right, Nick Costi, Nick Costianos homered again last night at the, as the Phillies beat the Diamondbacks in the NLCS opener. Costianos is just the second player in MLB history to hit five home runs over a span of three postseason games. Who was the other? Some big names here. Mr. October. I got it. We know I know. Reggie. There we go. Bobby. Do, do I even read the, the other guys? Uh, Babe Ruth, Barry yeah. Bonds, and Manny Ramirez were the other ones that Scotty had on the sheet. There you go. Bobby, yes. how'd you know that so confidently? Uh, it was on a watch the game. Look at that. Look at that. <laughs> Schwarber, the leadoff. Bryce Harper, the third bat of the game. And the second, Castellanos. And the Phillies go up. One oh. All right, in this day in 1989, an earthquake in San Francisco registering 6.9 on the Richter scale canceled Game 3 of the World Series at Candlestick Park. It would be 10 days before the series resumed. Who did the Giants play in the 89 World Series? The A's, Bash Brothers. Ooh, okay. I'll tell you what, Bobby knows Giant, baseball. Giants. Yeah, Giants took out my Cubs that year. I, I tell and you, what, the Reds beat the A's the next year. Is that right? Yep. Scotty's so he's smiling. He's so happy because because Bobby knows his baseball. Bobby's like, listen, we you, do not you, have callers yes, that exa- know their baseball. Exactly. He's like, who, you know, to, to hell with who the Pacers are playing on Friday in the preseason finale. Give me 1970s yeah, baseball and let Give me, me get Warren these right. Spawn's stepdaughter and where she went to college, and Bobby's ready to go. All right, last one, Bobby. Before leaving with an injury on Sunday, San Francisco's Christian McCaffrey scored a touchdown, including the playoffs. McCaffrey has scored a touchdown in 15 straight games that ties him for the second longest such streak in NFL history. Who has scored a touchdown in more consecutive games? Is it Lenny Moore, O.J. Simpson, LaDainian Tomlinson, or John Riggins? Uh, I was ready for uh, longest consecutive baseball playoff streak and go with the Royals. But, uh, Is this guy in the ring of uh, honor here, Scotty? No. Jersey retired? Yes. Jersey retired here? Mm-hmm. Uh, Lenny Moore. Mm-hmm. Tell you what, the more That's historical I, we I, got with Bobby, he started to do really well. We we This is one of the wilder pop quizzes in the history of it. Yeah, because... We I, usually start fast and end slow. Yeah, I mean, listen, I'm putting Bobby up... 
with these old school questions, I, I'm taking Bobby over the field. Bobby, would you have guessed seen. Lenny Moore before that guess or before that hint? Uh, yeah, I probably would have gone with the juice just because why else would you throw him in there? But the juice. I don't know. And here I have been saying the Colts have lost their juice with Anthony Richardson on the lineup, and he's going to go OJ on us there. I guess that's fair. Uh, all right, Bobby, two, three, four, and five, all correct. So that would be Cavs, Reggie Jackson, the A's with a sweep of the Giants in 89, and Lenny Moore, 17 games uh, with a touchdown consecutively. Number one. Yeah. And we tried to do a little – Hand-holding there, to be fair, it's Aaron a difficult Smith, one. you know, I mean, Vanderbilt, I mean, I don't know, he seems like a Villanova guy to me. Uh, the answer to number one? Sadiq Bay. Leading score in last night's preseason game, Sadiq Bay with 21 points. Bobby, thank you for the call. DeAndre job, Hunter, that was a Pacers rumor at some point last year. Yeah, the, want to trade for him? He's a good player. He's a He's UVA, a player. right? Yes, he is. He won a national title. Speaking of UVA, Rick Carlisle on with us earlier. You can check that out on the podcast. All right, we'll do it one final time here. It is the wake-up call of KB and Andy on a Tuesday. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. I, I just with all the Anthony Richardson stuff, I totally forgot to bring this up. And the sound, it would have been in Spanish, so it just would have been us playing the sound. But did you see last night, oh, Monday yeah. Night Football? Uh-huh. Last night, Sam, I don't know if you Cowboys saw this, radio, Scotty. Right? I don't know if you saw this, but the Spanish uh, broadcast of the Cowboys, they didn't have a radio booth for them. I don't know if they didn't reach out or they didn't have. I mean, surely it's a new stadium. They have nine million radio booths there. You would imagine, right? Um, regardless. The Spanish-speaking announcers were just sitting out there in the middle with like, with all the writers and all the, the blogger boys and all the TV guys and everybody else just doing their broadcast in Spanish while the uh, big-time journalists were all sitting there. And KB, you've been in a lot of those uh, rooms, as have I. How many annoyed journalists do you think were there? Oh, oh, that's a great noise. I number. absolutely love it. I thought it was outstanding I mean, scre- seeing their reaction. They're screaming and yelling and doing their their great broadcast, and everyone oh, the I saw through the roof. Everyone I saw there had their their AirPods in. AirPods glued to the TV for a replay because yeah. that's a very quiet working atmosphere. Yes. I know. Which I, Until yeah. last night. There are times where I'm like, all right, the, the high in my media, which, you know, sadly, oh, yeah. I am a part of at times. Come on. I, I, I thought it was outstanding. For one game, <laughs> you can appreciate that. It's a good story. Okay, so we've made it to the Peaks message board, all right? right? Me and, and Ken I Sterling. We, I guess I'm more guilty by association than anything. They haven't even named me yet based off the screenshots that I just oh, got boy. sent here. Uh, okay. Oh, boy. Um, 
Some local Indy 107.5 host <laughs> said that he was told by a source that UK will be happy on Friday. <laughs> That's what they said, yeah. So this seems like a real toss-up. And the response to that from a poster was, this is about Kent Sterling and some guy named Andy Sweeney, <laughs> FYI. So they think I'm Kent Sterling. Yeah, but uh, I'm just, they put the some guy named Andy Sweeney. They put the some guy in front of my name, which is a slight at me. Uh, this morning show on 107.5 is really bad. These two guys they have now won't be on very long at all. Sports talk radio in Indianapolis has basically become a clown show in the last year. <laughs> That was from a poster. Oh, man. A clown show. Anti, anti Ocho of Indy, if I'm reading this correctly here. Never heard of Andy Sweeney. Did he tweet or something? Or is he one of the 107.5 guys? So they're now looking up your bio. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah, India. my last stop, Indiana fans. Uh, Gosh, you had to be all over the recruiting they, message Yeah, they didn't, they didn't love me because... You know, Indiana was the third was the third wheel and also wasn't winning any games. Uh, but I like Mike Woodson. Listen, I want to be clear. I'm a Mike Woodson fan. I thought yesterday they were going to get Boogie. Uh, but I don't know. They're, the Kentucky gas bag people are very confident. Now, they're always confident. Uh, but Cal's went all in on this kid. So, I mean, listen, if, if Woody gets him from John Calipari, that's not one of these, well, we don't want him, we have somebody else. No, I mean, Cal's went to go see him, I, you know, to play in person, I want to say like three times. Enough Boogie Fland. I love you, the buddies that sends you that. Boogie Fland. Outstanding (laughs) on the Peaks message boards here on this Tuesday morning. Again, the big news from last night, if you're just joining us, Anthony Richardson's latest update, Jim Irsay with Stephen Holder, who I believe will join Jake and Jimmy coming up at 2. Obviously, we'll have Stephen on tomorrow at 8. But Jim Irsay telling him that probably done for the season. Now, you know, Irsay... Certainly clarified on several occasions, like, we have not made this decision yet. It sounds like the Richardson camp still needs to kind of sign off on this being the official decision here before surgery happens. But Ursay said also on several times that it's likely to occur in the next five to ten days. So continue to wait official word on that. But based off the Colts owner... Uh, it sounds like Anthony Richardson's rookie season is over. You know, I was, I was. This is something. You know, you have a bunch of topics for a show. When we get to the back end of the show, it's like I don't want to introduce something that we can use maybe at you know seven fifteen tomorrow or something like that. But just one item that that maybe we can chew on as a show is. And listen, I don't view things a lot of times through the positive prism. I want to be abundantly clear. And, uh, you know, I would say fans of the Colts and frustrated fans and fans that have went through the losing. You mentioned uh, how bad they were last year. And you mentioned, you know, Andrew Luck playing injured. And, you know, that kind of infests maybe our viewing of any injury, especially a quarterback, especially one like Anthony Richardson. I don't know. I mean, is there is are, are there fans out there? And again, we'll dive into to more of this tomorrow. Are there fans out there that view this KB? They they can view it, I should say, through the positive prism of he showed us something. He's still super young. Let's get his body right this offseason. Uh, this was just kind of a fluke injury. 
Uh, let's get that arm. Let's get that shoulder right, and we'll be back next year. And meanwhile, let's have fun with you know the Minshew mania. Let's win some games, and let's figure out if we do have a corner, if we do have a left tackle, if you know defensive line, if there are guys that are worth keeping. Let's figure out a Michael Pittman. Hey, this season we got Jonathan Taylor signed. He's going to be a Colt for the you know for the for the prime of his career. I'm not able to do that. I wonder how many fans are yeah, I, able to do that. I think there is a chunk. I, I, I don't think it's, you know, if we did a poll, I, I don't think the poll would be over 50%, but I do think there is a chunk that looks at the sample size and says that is so encouraging by what we saw. Um, and honestly, he kind of answered some questions in playing, and I say answered, again, with the caveat of the sample size, of like, oh, yeah, he can throw. At this level, you know, he can make some read. There is plenty of poise in the pocket. You know, he executed a late game comeback mm-hmm. against the Rams, you know, those sorts of things. So I I, I do think there is that, um, you know, probably in this market, again, PTSD, the Andrew Luck situation weighs, I would say, a little bit bigger. And, and, and rightfully so. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah, and yeah. rightfully yeah. so. E- even if you didn't have the Luck element, you know, some people brought up like Matthew, I think Stafford and Josh Allen are the two names most brought up as like, shoulder issues and or missed time early in their careers, and they still have obviously gone on to have great careers. Now, again, the devil's advocate for me, Andy would say, Matthew Stafford plays the game from the pocket. Well, Drew so Brees he, too, but he's a complete pocket guy. I mean, Bruce, sure. Bruce it, tore up his yeah. arm, you know, in my – or uh, what was it? Um, San Diego. San Diego was going to go to Miami, didn't go to Miami, went to New Orleans. Yeah, so, I mean, you go back, obviously Brees and Stafford are more of pocket passers. And in Allen's – the fact that Josh Allen has missed one game in it's the last a, five it's years a, it's unbelievable. is one of the more astonishing feats in NFL history. Total agreement. That Total dude agreement. is so reckless playing it. So, again, uh, it, you know, maybe Anthony Richardson will go down that path. Um, so, I think what's difficult for me is just there's an unknown. When we discuss injuries, Andy, it's an unknown. You know, when we discuss other stuff that's more concentrated, like on-field 60-minute Action. There's a little bit more that I feel like conviction with, and, and and I don't know confidence with, in kind of sharing my thoughts. Whereas with injuries, man, you know who the bleep knows. Yeah. Well, see, my biggest problem is I don't totally believe in the let's get his body right for next year because you don't know the hits that he's going to take next year. Uh, you know, the hit that knocked him out now potentially for the season wasn't a big hit. Yeah, again, it wasn't some big helmet to helmet. Three four guys have been 215 yeah, pounds It or wasn't Nick him. Chubb. And so I'm like, I can't, if he slows down and an MJ Stewart hits him in the Houston game or what we saw in the Tennessee game that knocked him out, I can't protect him from all of those things. Plus, you're just going to be hit in the NFL. So, yes, it's good to get his body right, but I don't believe his body being right means that he's playing 17 games next season. Yeah. That's the problem I would have with that. I'll go back to the conversation we had a little bit earlier in the show. I'm not saying these quarterbacks are the gold standard, but stylistically, you watch the Monday night football game and you want longevity from your quarterback position – I think a Dak Prescott and Justin Herbert, and again, I know they've obviously had their injury situations. That's more of the style. They have a run threat. We saw it last mm-hmm. night. You know, Prescott made some big plays in particular. Even Herbert did as well. But for the most part, they want to sit in that pocket and be and operate from there for 80, 90% of the game. But if you don't account for their legs, they can burn you. Obviously, Richardson's got more of a leg element. Of course, that leads to more susceptible 
to those hits. Okay, thank you to Rick Carlisle. Thank you to Nate Atkins. Those will be both up on the podcast. I, ju- I just saw this. The 10th NIL congressional hearing is today in uh, three minutes. Your boy Swarbrick is there. Of course he is. I mean, He's the, retiring. The 10th NIL uh, So is the Notre Dame president, Father John Jenkins. Uh-oh. Uh, Marcus Freeman really needed that win if you're going to have a new AD <laughs> yeah, and a new president. <laughs> yeah, right? I was about to say. He better get a couple more. He better not fall down the stretch here. Uh, four games left. Notre Dame a bye. <laughs> Purdue a bye this week. Again, Indiana has Ooh. got Rutgers. Uh, Ohio State, Penn State, the big college football game this weekend. All right, everybody, enjoy your Tuesday. Podcast will be up shortly. Uh, we'll be back at it tomorrow. It's a wake-up call with KB and Andy.